Welcome back to Division One Rejects. We've got two great guests for you today, per usual. First, we'll be joined by Coach Drew Burton, the run game coordinator at Saginaw Valley State University. And later, we will talk to Northern Michigan quarterback Ryan Johnson, or RJ, as he uh, is known. Otherwise, before we get to those conversations, some NFL talk. we got the NFL wildcard weekend coming upon us. we got three games Saturday, three games Sunday. A lot of really good games. Should be very interesting. They're calling it the super wildcard. The super wildcard weekend. That's yeah. right. I did hear that. Um, so NFL, talk about the wildcard weekend. Going to talk about Deshaun Watson potentially being out of Houston, even after the incredible year that he's had on a terrible team, right? They didn't win, they won what, three games? Four. Four. Okay, four games. I mean, just... Ridiculous. Talk about the Falcons a little bit and them opening up some spots, potentially getting rid of uh, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, some other things, the likes. College football talk, the national championship preview, Ohio State, Alabama. Who do we see coming out on top of that one? Is that is what when is that played? What day? Monday. It is Monday. Okay, got you. But after that, recap of the Heisman ceremony and reactions to Devontae Smith winning the award. It's not a quarterback award, as we figured out um, watching that ceremony. And we'll finish off the episode with this week's game pick. So stick around. Chilling in the basement talking football. Video is available on YouTube for viewing. Otherwise, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. I mean, we're on like a ton of different platforms. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts, and let's get right to that first conversation. Our first guest on today's episode of Division One Rejects is a Division Two national champion who played at Grand Valley State University. Now he's back in the GLIAC at Saginaw Valley State. He is the offensive run game coordinator along with the tight end coach and offensive line coach. It's Coach Drew Burton. What's going on, Coach? How are you? How's it going, guys? Thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you. We're doing great. How have you been? Been okay, man. Just navigating COVID, and obviously things are changing every 10 seconds, kind of like they are for everybody else in the country, so we're just trying to navigate things as well as we can and excited to get our guys back on campus here in about a week, it sounds like, okay. although always those things change here all the time, but going really well. It's been a really productive offseason for us here. That's good to hear. Yeah, and it's got that weird rule, like the dorms can't open up officially until the 15th now and like all these things that are going into place. And I know Whitmer was talking even just like an hour or so ago when we were recording this. So like you said, it changes every 10 minutes. Um, any word on the spring season for you guys? Any potential opponents? So it sounds like we're going to play. You know, we have a couple scrimmages, I think, um, that are, you know, we're still kind of TBD in terms of, times and dates and opponents and things like that. We'll be we'll be regional opponents. That's kind of what we can say in terms yep. of those things. But our guys are fired up. Obviously, we haven't played a football game here in a long time, obviously, and, and getting a chance to get back and compete a little bit is, is you know, exciting. For guys are fired up, really productive for us. And, um, you know, we're excited to get back going. So. That's good to hear. Yeah, I know Drew had gotten some news from uh, one of his coaches the other day. Like, they were just trying to find out about um, what was going on in the spring. I'm still, you know, pretty much in the dark. And I know our guy from Michigan Tech who's usually with us has not heard anything. So, it's good to hear they're starting to potentially roll some of that stuff out. And it sounds like um, we're for sure going to have some type of competition in the spring. Like you said, we have not played football in so long. And I'd imagine it's just as weird for the coaches as it is for the players. I've got this, like, weird, almost want to say, like, imposter syndrome, like, I don't even feel like a football player anymore. Like I have not put the pads on and gone out to the field like in so long. That concept seems so almost like foreign to me at this point. Right. And we're the same way. And and I think it's been, you know, it was the best fall and it was the worst fall, right? Because you yeah. got to see, we got to learn so much. And obviously you, you choose a career in football. You love football. And we got to watch kind of what everybody's doing. But at the same time, obviously it was, 
we live to play. We live to compete on Saturdays, and we didn't get to do that. So we tried to, I think, just make make as positive a situation as we could out of the thing. And I think our kids did a great job. Obviously, it's just been the new normal with COVID protocols and all those different types of things. Our guys were were outstanding, and you know, just the the, the new normal and and uh, all the things that we asked them to do, they did an outstanding job this fall. So we're excited that hopefully, unfortunately, probably going to have to do that for another semester. Yeah. Hopefully we can see the light at the end of the tunnel here. I don't know if it's coming, but it seems like it's coming, which is exciting, but um going to keep soldiering on here and get everything done that we can. So, Yeah, 100%. And I'd agree. Like, that's probably the most frustrating thing is, like, this probably, in all reality, like, this is probably not over as, as much as everyone, like, yeah, we're rolling out vaccines and everything, like, I'll believe it when I see it, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, this is probably not just going to, like, go under and, like, shout under the rug. Like, COVID's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? But um, it'll be interesting. You guys coming back on campus, it's been – I don't know about – what is your guys' break like um, for the for the students and your athletes there? Because I know Northern, we kind of consolidated our Thanksgiving and Christmas break, so I've been gone for at least two months now, like, home for a very long time. Uh, what has the break been like for your guys? How long? Yeah, least? for us- Right. For us, so we didn't come back after Thanksgiving. So yeah. I imagine we probably did almost exactly the same thing. Probably. And then depending on what happens or whatever she says here in the next, you know, today or whenever else, we're hoping that we're going to start uh, classes back up that Tuesday after Martin Luther King Day. Um, okay. And so that's kind of the plan right now. And like, you know, if, if anything, we've gotten infinitely more agile in terms of being able to change plans quickly here during the course of this because you you have to be, otherwise you're <laughs> you're in trouble. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, seriously. And we've seen, I think, I mean, at least I have when talking. It's it's great to, like, talk to all these different guys across all the levels because you can kind of get a sense of who's handling this very well and necessarily, like, who is not. Um, but how do you expect, I know, like, for me, it's been, I go up to back to campus in, like, a week here, and I've been trying to get back in and um, maybe not, like, relearn, but just kind of, like, kind of refresh myself on some of the playbook stuff. I know for us, we're installing a new offense, so it's probably a little bit of a different mindset, but what have you kind of done to make sure that your guys hit the ground running when you come back to campus as opposed to, you know, you got to go through and recoach and reteach everything? Sure, and I, I think we're so focused on making sure that, you know, we follow the rules correctly, so everything's got to be, um, you know, voluntary in, in terms of our guys and anything. We, we've been having, you know, some – a couple different times a week we'll have a zoom call and just kind of let guys know where we're at, what, what types of things are coming up and just try to stay engaged with our guys more than anything else. And obviously yeah. it's really difficult. And I think we, we kind of had a list of, you know, potential opponents for what we, you know, teams that we may potentially get to scrimmage against here in the course of the spring. So I think that was really good for our guys to just talk about some of those things and say, okay, here's, here's some different things that we won't see from our defense that we may potentially have to deal with this fall and you don't want to ever, you know, grind them or, or spend too much time doing those things. It just kind of, you know, put some carrots in, in front of some guys and say, listen, let's, let's keep, you know, grinding the air through this break. And so we can, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's like during the, you know, the first part of the pandemic, obviously it's eventually you sit in your room long enough at home and I mean, guys are, you know, just going nuts. So at least we can, <laughs> yeah. we can do some different things to talk to guys and, and just try to, keep them engaged and let them know that eventually at some point this, you know, this is going to end and we're going to get to play some football and hit somebody with a different color Jersey again. And so just trying to find anything we can get excited about and probably getting more excited about than we normally would, but it's obviously a different time <laughs> than it's ever been. So we're trying yeah. to kind of try to mitigate some of those things. 
That's awesome. Yeah, so, Coach, um, looking at your track record, you spent four years at Elma College for the offense coordinator for the Scots, and then as well as four years at Wisconsin-Stevenson Point, or Stevens Point, um, which is another Division three school. So what was your experience like coaching at that level, and what has been, like, the biggest difference since going to SVSU back in 2018? Sure, and I think all those things, ultimately, there's, it's such a small circle in coaching, so – Ultimately, you know, you, you look at you know one part of the resume, and it's ultimately going to be um, connected to the next part and the part after that, and things like that. So ultimately, when I went originally to, to Wisconsin Stevens Point, uh, John Mish and Tom Jernell. Tom Jernell is now the uh, head coach at, at Carleton College in, in the Twin Cities, and John Mish is retired. And okay. um, you know, Jernell was originally connected to a bunch of my coaches at, at, uh, at Grand Valley and he had been coming up there. And so I had kind of met him, uh, through them. I had originally started out and got done in 2006 and I was selling real estate in Grand Rapids, um, during the crash and I was selling foreclosure real estate. So I was, you know, I always tell the story that I, I totally, I duped my wife cause I was like 25 years old and I had a six figure income. And so she originally got married to a rich, you know, realtor. And then I said, good news. I've got great news. Um, you know, my, my dearest love, we're going to go take a $9,000 GA job, uh, in, in central Wisconsin. She's never left Grand Rapids in her life. And so luckily, um, I was better looking then, I guess she, she, was, she, was, she was on board with it and she, uh, she was totally behind me and she knew and we spent that first year, um, coaching for Mike Farley at Grand Haven. So that was how I kind of got in and was still selling real estate at the time. And then went from there to Stevens Point and, and got a master's degree and things like that. And, and uh, you know, just kind of got acclimated with that. In 2013, we recruited this this kid by the name of Ryan Ramchek who stayed there for two years and then went down to Wisconsin and is now a, a pro bowl offensive Yeah, he sounds for familiar Saints. for sure. Yeah. I've drafted yeah. him Madden a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, no, you probably had a pretty good team if yeah. you did. And so, uh, but tremendous football um, in, in that conference because there's no – a lot of people don't know this. Obviously, there's only – there's only one scholarship school in the entire state of Wisconsin. So, yeah. um, you know, ultimately there's a lot of guys that if they want to go someplace and play uh, Division II football or FCS football, they have to go a long way. So, um, you know, we had some great players there, and I learned a lot. And I was really, you know, I look back at those four years because I was just starting out and, you know, honestly, really, you know, really didn't know any, what I was doing or any of those things. But I was lucky because the staff structure was such that I was, I was the offensive line coach as a first-year college coach a lot of guys have to ga for two four six years a lot of times yeah that's quick. At different places yeah it's, and and i was horrible at it as a result obviously <laughs> but um learned a lot and uh, at, a, at, a, at a great you know at a tremendous conference and level and there's guys all over the place that started out in that league whether you go you know the head coach of south dakota or the head coach at temple i mean there's guys all over the place that started out in that conference Man. yeah so I, you know and i think um I really coach head coach of Minnesota Duluth. It's a good friend. And, and so I, I learned so much just, and that's how we learn most of the time is just like, you know, getting our teeth kicked in, you know, through the back of our mouth a few times. And so, oh. um, you know, it, it was a really good experience. So I felt like when I went to Alma, I was, you know, ready for something more, you know, we got, you know, I had the co-coordinator title there for the first couple of years and then the coordinator title. And really ultimately as an offensive line coach, you're responsible for the run game and the protections and, you know, decide what you want your play actions to look like and some of those different things. And so um, we, we were in tough shape. And uh, ultimately, I got that job because Greg Piscotton was the head coach. He was the linebacker coach at Grand Valley when I was a freshman. And 
all these things are, are intertwined, you know, and, yeah. and Pete took a, took a chance on me by hiring me when I really didn't have a ton of experience and didn't have a ton of full-time experience, but ultimately, um, you know, my wife really wanted to get back in Michigan. I really want to get back in Michigan. My mom lives in Brighton. Her mom and her family lives in, in Grand Rapids. And so gotcha. it was, and we had a six month old daughter. So everybody was really like supportive about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go follow your dreams and chase your dreams. And, get with Frodo and go back to, you know, throw the ring in the, in, in the fire and things like that. And as soon as that baby's born, they're like, uh, Hey, why don't you, you know, skedaddle your rear end back to the stage they get our hands on that baby. So, uh, um, it was awesome. And it was, you know, obviously we had, when we got there in the last three years that, you know, P's first couple and then the last year of the previous staff, and they have been four and 26. So they had won four football games and oh, in the last man. three years. And then, Whoa. And it was, you know, and it was the situation where he had already been there for two years. And I think the guys were doing a really nice job installing his culture and, and recruiting and kind of building it to be what he wanted it to be. And obviously he had an opening and, um, you know, our last three years we were 16 and 14. So we, we were still, yeah. still struggling, you know, in that first year in 14 and, um, you know, got a little bit better in 15 and we, and we went over to hope and beat hope at hope for the first time since like 1994 or something like that. It hadn't happened oh. in a really long time. Um, and, uh, you know, went five and five and kind of steadied the ship and kind of gave a sign to administration that things were going in the right direction. And then in 16, uh, we went seven and three. So it had not been since like 2004 that Alma had won seven football games. Um, so that was a big deal. And, and we were starting to kind of, I felt like when I went there originally and, and interviewed and did all my research on the school that you do, I thought, man, this is, this is a place where we're going to be able to recruit some really good offensive linemen and, and kind of run the football and be physical and things like that. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, we were able to do that. And obviously that's, you know, the year before I got there, I think we ran for like 90 yards a game and two yards a carry. And those last two years, I think combined, we were about two fifteen a game and four and a half a carry. And so we kind of over double. We, we, well, we had, you know, we had, a, we had an idea. Um, we had a goal. We had a vision for what we wanted this thing to become and, and to be, and, uh, you know, I think it was really neat to get there. And obviously, I'm leaving a situation at Stevens Point where I have a future first-round draft pick uh, playing left tackle for me. And then I went to Alma. And, to, you know, long story short, we did not have any first-round draft picks playing our <laughs> offensive line. And so yeah. you get to a situation like, man, is this, did I do the right thing? And is this, you know, is this the right thing for my family and things like that? And I think the thing that was really big for us, and I think what Pete deserves a ton of credit for, is he's just a very patient, um, you know, stoic person that never really overreacted when bad things were happening, which I learned a ton from him. But we had a tremendous staff. So the D coordinator I got there, his name was Nate Jensen. He's a head coach at the Manchester down in Indiana now. Okay. And, uh, the, you know, D coordinator that got there when he left, Andrew Strobel is now the defensive coordinator at Moorhead State um, at the FCS, FCS level down yeah. in Kentucky. And, um RJ Chester was another guy that I worked with those first two years, and he's a tight ends guy at, at Lehigh now. So we really had – I'm like the worst one, right? I haven't, I'm not the one guy. So. <laughs> big but, tree. Uh, we, uh, you know, we, we just – we had such a good staff, and um, it, there's a lot of challenges anywhere you go, private school, and, and you look at, you know, the $54,000 price tag or whatever number yeah. it is. And there's obviously – there's a lot of challenges, but – um, I, I'm very headstrong and very convinced that regardless, you know, how ridiculous the task is to do that, if, you know, if you do it the right way and there's, there's always a way that you can sell anybody, anything. And so, 
uh, those guys are, you know, RJ and, and, and Strobel are, are the exact same way. And so um, I think we had such a tremendous – and then 17 was our last year. And, you know, I think after like four or five games, we're averaging like 280, 290 yards a game rushing. And then the last half, um, you know, started four and two. And then the last half of that season, I've, I've never been as banged up anywhere I've been any year. High school, you know, as a player. Um, so we we had a you know we had a, we had a rough year uh, to finish it. Um, and I think it was hard. So I think we, we really thought that was our best team. But um, and they got a chance to come to Saginaw Valley at the end of that seventeen season, and yeah. we had had some success. And Saginaw Valley is a great place now. So I was I didn't really think I had much chance. There was going into I mean, that, so you didn't without, think so. I, I didn't just because there was like the guys in the pool that they had interviewed. There was like former like power five coordinators. There was former like FCS co-coordinators Jeez. and offensive line coaches. So I, yeah, then I can see it why. was one of those things. Um, and, and ultimately I think, uh, you know, coach Scott and new coach Collins really well. Jim Collins was the head coach there uh, who hired me and I'm, I'm deeply grateful to him. He's a good friend. He is offensive coordinator down at, at Dayton right now. Okay. And uh, Jim moved on after 18 and, and, uh, took a job with Army. Yeah, uh, with offensive analyst or something along, the, along those lines. I remember speaking with him a couple he was, times. Yeah, Jim was basically like the director of recruiting. Okay, um, okay, and, yeah. And uh, just missed coaching. He, he's he's a really good guy and a good friend. And yeah. was, I learned so many things from him in the year that we were there. Ultimately, like, you know, when we came in, there was, there was some uncertainty, and we didn't necessarily know. Obviously, we had had a couple tough years. And, uh, you know, we're able to go eight and three that year, that 2018 year and had a really nice year and and uh, sent the seniors out the right way. And I just I think about some of the guys that have been through here that are fourth and fifth year guys, you know, in 2018, 2019 and 2000. Man, there's some guys that have been through it. And it was really neat to send those guys out in the right way and then came back in 19. And, and you know, I always tell the story that people are like, well, you, you thought you had a pretty good team. We didn't win quite as many games as we wanted to. And it's. Yeah. It's been awesome ever since Brady's got here. Um, I think the guys are on board, and I think there's just a lot of really good things that are happening. But when I – so I, I got to Grand Valley in 2003, okay, and Coach Kelly, that was his last year, and then he went to Central no, I was going to ask about that because I know um, Kelly obviously had that national championship run with Grand Valley. So was that yep. – is that that year? So I, I they had won it the year before I got there. Okay. I, I was at the University of Idaho, and then I had transferred – um, Coach Quinn really was kind of the guy that recruited me and really is the reason why I'm, I'm in coaching. I'm deeply grateful to him. And he's he's Coach Kelly's offensive line coach at, at Notre Dame now. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and, and so we those guys left after 2003, and the whole staff left and went up to Central with them. And Coach Martin took over. Um, and, again, all these guys are, like, deeply meaningful to me in terms of shape and, like, what I believe and what we have to be and, and uh, some of the, you know, the, the core pillars and beliefs that I have as a coach that, uh, we try to bring into our program as a staff and things. And, um, you know, coach, like we, we, they, the coaches really would tell me later, they thought our best teams in 2004. Coach McCulley left after 2003, won the national championship again, which is one of the most impressive things ever to happen. And the reason is because the entire team, like 16 seniors that started in 2002, graduated and left. And nobody thought that we were really maybe even going to win the conference, yeah. but, you know, then you notwithstanding and, to go win the whole national championship. So we yeah, had to replace repeat, almost, yeah. almost everybody. Um, and in 2003, they managed to win it again. And not just win it again, but win it in a completely different way. Win it by, you know, we gave up three points, three points, three points, the quarters, semis, and finals to win the championship. 
Uh, Coach Martin was the defensive coordinator at that time, and we were just, you know, really, really good. Had some really good players. Um, and, and I again, that's just kind of a side note. But then going into 2004, um, you know, Coach Martin took over and, and hired a whole new staff and things like that. And this was a phenomenal staff now. Um, and we, we went back and won the national championship then again in five and six. But any time you have that much turnover and you have, you know, like the things that happened to us in, in 19 where I was able to stay obviously on staff. Coach Brady's a Grand Valley guy, so I had had a relationship with him, and I'm very deeply grateful to him and his family for keeping me because um, we love it here. Um, but ultimately, anytime you have that much turnover, it's always hard. Everybody's getting their bearings, and it's just never – and that was hard for our guys because we thought we had a really good team. We just didn't win as many games as we wanted to. Um, and, and I think I, – I, I go back to that a lot. I talk to our guys and our players a lot about that, and obviously – you know, we're, we're very optimistic about where we're going and the way the recruiting is going and the types of people that want to come here. And we've, we've really got this thing in, in great shape and we're really excited. That's good to um, hear. That's good to hear. I yeah. do want to touch back on um, your days. Like you said, uh, we talked about that D3 in Wisconsin with Stevens Point or whether it be uh, Whitewater is another one that brings out a lot of talent. And like you said, sure. you've got those guys that have such talent there. That's, like you said, and, and due to a lot of the part, there's not scholarship schools there. You come over to Michigan, all of a sudden it's Big Ten, MAC, GLIAC. Then you got the MIAA, correct? And then yeah, there's all you got these conferences. Yeah, NAI is. Yeah. That's another thing. Right. We've had a couple guys from uh, Lawrence Tech, Siena Heights on the podcast now. And now you're sure. taking, and all those guys that don't go to those big time schools, all of a sudden they don't have to go away from home. They have all these different options. So it's been really interesting. But I want to know. Like you said, when you're at Elma, that private school, and it's the, the price tag is very intimidating for a lot of these guys. Um, what do you do recruiting them? Because a lot of guys, I don't think, take Division three football as seriously as they should coming out of high school. And I know a lot of my friends did. And um, now that they're in that position, they're very thankful that they made that choice. But what did you do to get guys on campus when you had things like that to work around? Well, I think there's a lot of things that, because again, there's a lot of roadblocks. And I think Ultimately, you have to recruit more guys. I think that's, you know, the biggest Yeah, the that's, biggest difference, that's pretty, I, I feel like say. that's pretty general, yeah. Um, so you have to recruit more. There's always, you know, and we recruited definitely some guys that we had there um, that, you know, we, we, I think could be really good players at the GLIAC level. And everybody develops differently. That's, you know, I keep I keep going back to the Ramchek story, and it's like, you know, he really did not become a Division One prospect until his senior year in high school. And – by then, you guys know. I mean, it's, it's the recruiting yeah, it's tough to get I mean, Division one yeah. schools are. I mean, you're they're That's all junior falling. year. You're done because by that time, right. like they're moving out of the next recruiting class, and you know it stinks. But it's like I don't know. It also it gives a lot of guys, especially like us, like Drew between Drew and I, like guys that didn't really have. Well, your junior year actually, I shouldn't say that. My junior year for myself wasn't very standout. I come out and I had a much better senior year. And then, you know, Division One schools are obviously gone, and that's not really something that, you know, I probably would have fit in at. But then that gives a lot of these guys, especially the coaches at the Division Two and Division Three levels, that kind of thins the playing field for them. I almost feel like it could be kind of an advantage for them because then mm -hmm. they don't they don't have to worry about all those guys that are already committed off to some yeah, bigger schools. Sure. Right. And you're, and you're always recruiting later, and all those things are 100% yeah. accurate. And, and I think um, it's amazing just going across the different levels and man, there's you know there's good players that you know we had an Alma that would have been good players. Talking about there's good players that we had that um, you know I, like when I was a senior in 2006, we had like I think there was like nine players on that team that started that like either, you know got into an NFL training camp or got drafted and wow. Dan Scuda and Brandon Carr and on and on and on. Yeah. And, That's awesome. And I think I think ultimately there's like more everything's so globalized now, right? So yeah. like you didn't have. 
guys in Michigan going to, you know, the Eastern Kentuckys and the Murrays and just, yep. you know, different places yeah, that, that are you know, that three, term, four, or five the, states over, you know. The best players play in Michigan, like that was like the term. Like yeah, because like the best players in Michigan yeah, go yeah, to yeah. Michigan. That's that was the thing. And now like Michigan's got to fight for these kids now yeah. because now you got West Coast schools and East Coast schools that are going to come in. And even they're going to offer kids. Level, like the Division two level, like Ashland too. and Ohio schools are taking That's a know? great point. The GMAC has become a lot more prevalent, obviously, with Ashland moving over there, too. It's just another bigger chip for them with yep. teams like uh, Findlay and Tiffin, who have had some really mm-hmm. good years over there in the GMAC. So it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting to see how that works out. But the last thing I had for you here is uh, I just want to know what recruiting has been like during COVID. Like you said, it's like adapt and change, and everything changes every once in a while, but it's like you got to keep – now at Saginaw Valley, you do have scholarships you can offer kids, so that's an advantage when you compare it to right. recruiting at, say, an Alma or like an Albion or Hope mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but now you got to keep a lot of these seniors on scholarship another year because they have been granted this extra year of eligibility. So what has been kind of the workaround for you guys, and how have you approached recruiting the uh, 2021 class? Yeah, and I think it's been – you know, there's a lot of challenges and there's a lot of advantages, in my opinion. Um, we've done a ton of, you know, we're allowed to do Zoom recruiting. Uh, for a while there, we were allowed to work guys out on campus, and then that got taken away when the, yeah. you know, the next order came down in December. So, honestly, it was one of those things that every time we got a window um, to bring guys on campus or go watch practices or do any of these things that we were allowed to do, we did everything we conceivably could as quickly as we could because we knew that it could get snatched away at any point in time. And so, um, you know, and, and I know you're know, a Northern guy, and I, I learned so much from, from Coach Pedrosi in yep. terms of, um, you know, it's so hard. And I can't, I can't even imagine how the Division One schools are doing it right now because how are you going to offer somebody a scholarship if you can't meet them and stand in front of them and size them up and some yeah. of those things? And it's not everything. The game tape's important. The – you know, the, the phone calls are important. Yeah, but having that connection is, is, like, so important. I know and on-campus visits. On-campus visits is, are, like, are like, huge. There's, there's some schools out there that sometimes they may be the all-be-all great school, but when you yeah. get on campus, you're like, this isn't for it's me. It's just not the feel or whatever, or and that could be a some huge. School, some schools where you're like, I'm overlooking the school, and then you go there, and you're like, wow, I really like it here. Yeah, you so, know? like, there's, that's a big deciding factor. I know our head coach, Coach Nystrom, has kind of said, like, when I talked to him at least, um, like, He's not going to do a lot of guesswork on guys. Like until he can actually sit down and talk to guys sure. or really get a sense to know them. Like, and especially right now where you have to kind of be like stingy as far as what kind of money you're putting out there because you can't fulfill that many, you know, offers, quote unquote, even though you don't know what those offers entail, a lot of these guys. So right. he was just telling me, you know, I'm not going to do a lot of guesswork. If, if I can get and sit in front of a guy, whether, you know, we have to drag the recruiting process out longer than it usually has to be, whatever it is that, I can actually talk and meet these guys and get a sense to know them and their families and things, which, you know, I think I believe is the right way to go about it. But at some point, you know, that timeline starts to close down. I think that's been very difficult for a lot of schools. Sure. Well, and, and Coach Nyson has been a lot of places and man, yeah. he's been doing it for a long time at a really high level. And so I think most of the guys that are, you know, that are a little bit older than doing this a long time have said that same thing. And it's like, man, unless I can look you in the face and, and you know, decide that, you know, when it's fourth and one, you're going to do the right thing in the right way. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard. That recruiting part has been so difficult. So I think normally we would have four camps on our campus and okay. we would do another, you know, 10 camps. I would go to Central Michigan or I would yeah. go to Eastern Michigan or Western or those places. And, and we would get a chance to evaluate guys, um, you know, and you can't talk to them and there's all these different rules. But ultimately we're, I felt like, oh my goodness, how are we going to be able to, um, just rectify and, and, and solve that we're not going to get to evaluate 
you know, a thousand different, I'm not going to get to evaluate a thousand offensive linemen and tight ends during the course of this, um, you know, during the course of this process. And so obviously we've just essentially just done everything that we could and um, zoomed as many guys as we could and given yeah. as many virtual tours as many guys as we could and just kind of tried to, I think the one thing about this, and there's, there's different guys that this has come up with, obviously you talked about, you know, the junior year, if you're not a division one recruit, you know what I mean? Ryan Ramsey was six, five and probably 225 pounds yeah. playing center. He's got the junior, frame you know, to do that. Yeah. Right. And, and so I think that's, a, that's a really hard thing um, because there's so many guys that blow up during camp season. And a lot of those guys, you know, and obviously we can't talk about recruits until we sign them, but ultimately I'm convinced that, yeah. you know, there's guys that we've got that, you know, if they, Ultimately, they never got in front of any of these MAC coaches or any of these Power Five coaches or things like that because I think they're probably it's just been so much guesswork because Division One schools can't even really give visits. I mean, there's there's coaches signing players they've never actually met. That so, is a scary thought. That's seriously is a scary thought so, because that that relationship with your college coaches, whether it be the head coach or position coach, whatever kind of coach it is, whatever recruiting coach, yeah, recruiting coach, like. That's supposed to be super special, and you got that's got to be something that's really solid as you go throughout that process. But, Coach, can't thank you enough for coming on here today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, it's been a good one, Coach. Thank you, Coach. Thanks so much, guys, man. Really appreciate it. Good luck. Love the podcast. It uh, means a lot. All right, you have a good one. It was great having on Coach Burton from Saginaw Valley State. First for, first rep for the, uh, for the Cardinals. Yeah, it's always cool to see different perspectives from each coach around the uh, GLIAC, you know. Two GLIAC guests today, which yeah. is good. I think we've kind of gotten away from GLIAC a little bit, so yeah. it's good to kind of come back we've to that. Had, we've had Coach Jurison on. We've had Coach Twan on. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're hoping to have more coaches. From Get a coach from teams. every team in the league? Yeah, it'd be kind of cool. Potentially? Yeah. Before Ashland. Well, Ashland's – dude, Ashland's hard. Yeah. I have not like, talked to anybody from Ashland, and they're still in the GLIAC for one more year before they so leave be for the GMAC. But – yeah, Ashland is hard. Like nobody communicates from Ashland. I tried reaching out when I, we were like going through the recruiting process. Mm-hmm. They don't even have like emails or phone numbers available to yeah. contact. They have, I think, three Michigan kids on their roster. They all Ohio. Yeah, my um, which is weird. My own friend who's like twenty minutes away from Ashland University. He said it was hard for him to contact them, and he grew up in like downtown and, Cleveland. And so. they've been like really successful too in the yeah. GLIAC. Like they've won GLIAC championships in the last couple, you know, a couple years ago. I just. That'll be a hard one. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, we can get somebody from Ashland on because I've been wanting or to. Or even the GMAC. You can get some, like, Finley. Well, Phil we had Phil. Isaac on. We had yeah. Isaac on from Finley. We'll and so, coaches. hopefully, we'll talk to, like, oh, coaches. Yeah, yeah. Trine. Who else is in there? Uh, Lake Erie, I'm pretty sure. Lake Erie College. Wasn't Ashland the one that had the Hail Mary? Yes, they did. That was. That was Ashland. So, then, Grand Valley lost that game, and they also lost to Wayne, Wayne State. State and Ferris. So, then, they finished fourth. Third. Third, third. third or fourth in the GLIAC. Yeah. Which is, for them, is a down year. So, yeah. um, but... You know, him playing at Grand Valley, too, Coach Burton was cool. National championship winner there when he played. So, um, really sweet conversation. But let's talk a little bit of NFL. The super wild card weekend is here. Saturday's games, we have, oh, excuse me, the Colts at the Bills, the Rams at the Seahawks, and Bucks at Washington. So, interesting. We have a little rematch there between the Rams and the Seahawks. I mean, you think the Rams were the best team to come out of the NFC West, right? Is that what you were saying? Or no, that Hunter? I, I, th- I think that was Hunter. It might have um, been Hunter. Because... I honestly look at the Seattle defense. I don't know if you guys have seen like the splits of the last like six games. They're starting to heat up really well. Yeah, they um, they much they obviously shut down Jared Goff when he was on the Rams, uh, when he was starting for the Rams yep. a couple weeks ago before the and, thumb. Yeah, before the thumb injury, which obviously we don't know his availability in this game. Yeah, so said I said it was feeling nothing. Interrupt you. Said it was feeling good with yeah. quotes. So I 
Kyler, maybe Kyler Murray was also feeling good versus the yeah, Rams, and then and he, he was out after one series. He couldn't even do anything. You have no idea what's going to happen to him. And so I think Seattle's heating up at the right time. Agreed. Defensively. Their offense scares me because I don't know if you guys have noticed, Russell Wilson's kind of gotten cold. Like, let Russ cook was, like, the big thing in the beginning. MVP, Russ, yeah. and then that, that train was yeah. derailed. You did know? they split the two games or did Seattle Yes, win they both? split. They split the both. They did split. Uh, the home team won both times. Really? Mm-hmm. I, th- I didn't I thought, know that. I thought the backup for the Rams played well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good enough for them to win. Yeah. What was game. what was his name again? Wolford. Wolford? Wolford? Called him the Wolf of uh, Ball Street. His first pass at the NFL level was an interception, I think. Yeah. I'm like 90% sure. It was against Sam Darnold. Cardinals. That's true. <laughs> Sam Darnold against uh, <laughs> the, Lions. the Lions. Was that? Big six. That was, yeah. uh, who was that that got that? Monday uh, Night Football. I think it was uh, Diggs. It might have been. I think it was Diggs. Was it Diggs? Who's now on Seattle? I would say that he got rid of him, and now he's, you know, got a better career going for him. So, I guess good for him. Um, How about the Colts at the Bills? That's AFC South versus AFC East. The Colts didn't win that division, but um, I think that'll be an interesting game. I take the Bills, obviously. But, I mean, we'll wait for the game picks later. But that one, I think, should be pretty interesting. What do you think about that one? Because I kind of feel like everyone's writing the Colts off. Like, After the loss against the Steelers. Not, yeah, not only yeah. that, but the fact that, oh, the Bills are so hot. They're going to go. I feel like they're kind of looking at Kansas City, like, and they're looking over the Colts. Like, I would agree. I saw a video from their practice, and they were, like, super yeah, loose. All the know. boys are dancing, having a good time. Which, which is good. There but. are a lot of teams that can be like that and operate that way, and that's fine. I have not been a part of a team that no. can be like that. Like, we have to, you know, lock it in and whatever. But these are professionals. You like to think that they know what they're doing up to this game. I hope for their sake, they're not looking over past to Kansas City mm-hmm. and, like, kind of writing this game off. Like Baltimore did bad. last year, remember? They did. And um, Tennessee came in there and killed them. Yeah. They didn't kill them, but they beat them. Beat them after good. beating the Patriots. Yeah. That was a year for Tennessee. So um, let's talk a little bit about Sunday's games then right there, Ravens at Titans, which is a big game with a lot of implications, especially for uh, Lamar Jackson, who is more of a, yeah, his over legacy yeah. in the uh, playoffs so far. I so, mean, he's, he's a young quarterback, but at yeah. the same time, I feel like – if Lamar can't turn the table or turn, you know, his, yeah. this whatever about turn the him, corner, turn the corner. Yeah. yeah good. Yeah. Um, then he's honestly, the Ravens would never move on, but I'm I'm gonna say, he's like, not gone. It's just gonna, like, you're going to be like, all right, we need to add some pieces around him. Cause he obviously can't do it with what we have by himself. Yeah. They I, need a better receiver. I think so. In my opinion. Uh, yeah. They got Marquise and then yeah. who else? Des Bryant. Des like Bryant came back threw up the X couple games in a row. Yeah. Who else do they have? Like not a lot of, you know, not a ton of great talent. That tight end does uh, it. Andrews, yeah, he's good. Andrews yeah, they, is good for them. They've won with their defense. I mean, that team yeah. is always even when they win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, the one exception to that was that Cleveland game. They put up forty some points, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's what they need to do. And that was the uh, the shit game when Lamar came out after cramps, where he did a yeah. little poop walk out of the locker room. And obviously, McSorley's not going to be there anymore to help him out. So. <laughs> he can't bail him out no. anymore. Um, but no, the Ravens. I feel like the Ravens are the team where. You don't want to play the Ravens right now. I feel like they're really hot, but at the same time, there's this stigma against Lamar to where it's yeah. like you can't win the big games, you know, when it matters. So I, I, I don't I want to – I'm kind of torn on who I'm going to pick in this one. I'll, I'll think about it as we go on in yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I'll make it sooner later. the Ravens are also going to have to stop Derrick Henry, and he ran all over them. Back-to-back the pre- triple the crown game. winner. You yeah. see that? Back-to-back triple crown winner. He has the most carries, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns for the back-to-back years. And this this might just be uh, more of an old-school take, but I think the in the playoffs, you gotta you, you look at the teams that can run the ball. It's yeah. A, it's a passing league. Yep. You still got to be able but to run the like ball. But that, like, stays true, which is weird. And then you have to 
and you got to play good defense. And, and I, yeah, I agree with that. As the weather gets worse, it gets more difficult to throw the ball. You get wind, you get mm-hmm. snow, you get God knows what. But the teams that can run the ball and play defense, they're gonna be, they're gonna have a chance to win. And that brings me also to the point where we were talking about Buffalo. They've been reliant on their pass game this year. Yeah, like. I have no big confidence. Too. I have no confidence like in plays. Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. Like I just don't think yeah. they're good quality backs. I just don't know how good the Colts defense is. I remember watching that um, Packers Colts game. Yeah, but I will they say a, they had a heck of a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Packers the and then against uh, I know that was a it might have been a little I was bit talking ago, about but the weather too. You know yeah, who I think I think was out in that game was Buckner. DeForest Buckner. I yeah, think was out of that Packers game, he, which no, is he, I, I was it the Steelers? Was, no, I think he was out against the Titans. When Derrick Henry yes, had that it was the Titans. Game. It yeah. was the Titans. And so, then the next week they shut down whoever they played. For I like see, 50 but yards. you know, if Buckner's in the game, I'm not going to say you know the defense is going to be clamps or whatever. Like they're going to stop him, Stone Cold at the line, especially when you're playing. Um, sorry, when you're playing uh, the Josh Allen. Josh Allen and the Bills, but yeah. um, that'll be a big improvement for them. Not only because I, he's a defensive lineman, run stopper, but that's a leader on the yeah, defense. Without giving away my pick, I don't know that. I don't think the Colts can score with him. <laughs> That's yeah, I know. I and Philip Rivers. I mean, if you get after yeah. him, I'm, I really feel like if you pressure him, he's gonna have to make those deep ball throws, and he just doesn't make them. Back to the Ravens game where you were saying, yeah. you know, run the ball or whatever. I feel like Ryan Tannehill's the perfect quarterback right lately, to where it's like Derrick Henry's gonna run the ball, run the ball, and then you're gonna forget about AJ Brown, Dude, yeah. you're gonna forget about Corey Davis, yeah. and Tannehill's gonna hit you over the middle, or just the play action, like the Lions, yeah. that was deadly for him. He would just fake it, and like when he rolls out on the goal line, and there is not a defender within 15 oh, yards action, of Tannehill. Play action pass is gonna even I, just the roll, like the yeah. naked boots, mm-hmm. like those were just like for the Lions, that's like mid- middle school, as you would say, yeah. like that was bad defense there for a bit. Sometimes in the NFL too. I think people get lost in that they're looking for a quarterback that's going to win games, and sometimes it's about finding one that doesn't lose games mm-hmm. <laughs> because there are some really good teams out there where the quarterback play, it's not the greatest, but they don't Tannehill. He doesn't make the pick. He doesn't throw a lot of yeah. interceptions in the red zone. And that was, that was Baker's problem last year. Yeah, I and mean, he totally changed. And so if you're on the Titans, that's important because if you don't have the amount of possessions that you need with your type of offense and your style of, like, bully ball, you're not a team that can come back from a three-score deficit or even a two-score at no, some point I mean, deficit. Another one of those buzzwords is game manager, and there's a lot yeah. of guys in the NFL that have made a pretty good career of Mm-hmm. Not being in the spotlight, but they also win a lot. Yeah, and that actually brings me to the next game, too. Bears-Saints. Trubisky's been a game manager lately. He's cleaned up his act. You know, he was turning the ball over in the beginning of yeah, the year. Yeah, do you remember that not to, that interception that he threw into the back of the end zone? Yeah. Um, was that two weeks ago? Yes. But oh, it, my if goodness. You look at his, against the Jaguars. Yes, yeah. against the Jaguars. It was, it was bad, but if you look at his splits, like in the last like couple of games I've been watching, Orlovsky break down his film and everything oh, like that yeah, on Twitter. Dan. And um, he just Trubisky looks like he's more confident now. Like he, I mean, obviously he's not the greatest quarterback, like you were saying, but he could be a game manager if he if, stops making mistakes. And if he played the Lions for his career, yeah, I would say, yeah, he's a top five quarterback <laughs> ever. <But laughs> there, yeah, there are better defenses. We'll, we'll make our pick later, but I that one might get scary. Bears that and game. Saints. That would be interesting. We one. did Let's talk. We, uh, we did Bears about have the, a defense though, right? Yeah, we so did. They could. Yeah, we did know. forget about. Tampa and the Washington. Yeah, I was about to bring us right back to that. So Washington obviously wins the NFC East outright. Alex Smith, 
kind of still up in the air as whether or not he'll be actually making the start in the playoffs, which I hope he at least makes an appearance, whether or not he's out there the whole time. I think just having him on the field would just kind of put like encapsulate this entire journey for Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. It would be so cool to see him. I feel like the um, team's more confident around him. I, yeah, oh, a hundred percent as they should be. And I saw a great stat. Tom Brady has the largest margin of, of difference between his QBR when he is pressured versus when he is not. Yeah. So when you get the pressure on him, all of a sudden that offense changes drastically because he's not a guy who can come outside the pocket and make a lot of plays. The Washington front four, they're all healthy. All those, you know, former first round picks with Young and Sweat Sweat and and the interior guys, I forget. Yep. So forget the last one, Kerrigan. If if they can bring pressure to Tom Brady, that's gonna be basically their calling card for the game. I really think that the difference maker in this game, a lot of people would be like, Oh, if they can run the ball, it's gonna be good. I feel like if you can get Antonio Brown coming across the middle, he's still a good enough playmaker to where Tom Brady can get the ball out quick to him and he can make a play. Tom Especially, Brady's deep ball has been better yeah. in the last couple of weeks. You've AD, seen him. And you've seen the chemistry remember we talked, Antonio Brown. Yeah, too. and we talked with you like about um, how he was potentially turning Godwin into this type of Edelman yeah. or Amendola, that underneath route type yeah. guy. And I think we've finally started to get away from that a little bit in the last yeah. couple of weeks where he's made – because that's what Godwin's game has been up until this point – has been deep ball down the sideline, fade, back shoulder, whatever it is. Yeah. He's never been a quick slant hitch guy. Yeah, and I mean, obviously you could say, well, the competition for the Bucks hasn't been the greatest. They played the Falcons two out of the last three weeks or something, and they played the Lions. So it's like, oh, wow, man. right? But at the same time, it's good to always – I feel like you as a coach would know, it's good to always have those games where it's like, you know you can beat these teams, but this isn't for – us to see how good we are against these teams. This is for us to gel more, yeah. for us to get together. And I feel like it's that's not a what's bad happening. point. And obviously they're going to have, you know, beating, like you said, whatever type of teams, that's still momentum and they're still yeah, on a roll. You know, and they're, they're, they're feeling, I feel like they're feeling really good about themselves. Oh, right I, rightfully so. The Bucks. Uh, the Bucks. Yeah. I, I would make a prediction if a Washington running back runs for 100 yards, they'll win the game. Yeah. Because yeah. they're going to have to control the so, ball a little bit. Yeah. Now is, uh, what's his name, Gibson. Yeah, Gibson is playing. Gibson is playing. So that would be your guy then to watch, right? Yeah. Because he was out, was it an ankle injury? I forget what it was. Something. But, but he, I that agree was huge for them. I agree with you because I feel like they're going to need to run the ball. They're going to have to hold the ball some. Because, and I, I, you don't know how many plays Alex Smith can really make. Yep. Yeah, and, that's true. You know, that other kid wasn't bad, is it? Heineke or Heineke? Heineke. Yeah, he's yeah. not bad. They might need him. So Logan Thomas. Well, is gonna they be a said difference he's going to Logan play. Thomas is going to be a difference maker. That tight end, uh, turn you know, quarterback, turn tight end from yeah. Virginia Tech, right? That's oh, scary. And Terry. because it yeah. won't yep. circle back McLaurin. to it, but uh, um, the, the former friend at Lake Orion is it Ian Gilmore. Yes, that yeah. That tweeted, We're going to have him on soon. Yeah, that tweeted out, and it was a great tweet about you know after that. Oh, the Sunday Giants football yes, game yeah. where the, did the Eagles tank it? Did they lose on purpose? And Giants fans were complaining. Yeah, the players were pissed. Yeah. And uh, I think Ian tweeted out, um, you went six and ten. Yeah. 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 So there's like somebody, he like took a picture of all of the tweets and was like, somebody remind these guys that they won six games. The like, Giants were, not a playoff the Giants team. beat Seattle Seahawks on the road and then proceeded to get smoked by the Cardinals and the Browns went in there and beat the brakes off him on I, Sunday. Night I thought football. that was the tweet of the week. That like, was, yeah. you can't really, six and ten, you're fortunate. Somebody had to get in. Yeah. Yeah. Now the last game we have here, Browns at Steelers. So let's talk about uh, Juju's little remarks there. The same old yeah. Browns. Uh, the nameless, grave, faceless, whatever. Like, such a Mike Tomlin-esque remark. But, like, you know, Mike wouldn't come out and say Mike that. Especially say that. especially coming out into this week. But he's already, he just addressed the dancing, the dancing yep. thing. And now, like, the headline just so circles right back. Is he doing I'm it on a, purpose? I'm a little bit surprised that that is that, that even came from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
and especially him after he was just talked yeah. to. The last thing you would want to do is add, not that, you Fuel know, like, the fire? not and that the Browns. Lost to him. I was going to say, like, yeah, without your quarterback, with all, the, all these players, the last thing you want to do is add fuel onto whatever fire they have there. So I just thought that was incredibly yeah, stupid. It, 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 I don't, you know, is the pressure really on the Browns? The, the, no. The, the, None at all. The monkey fell off their back last week. <laughs> yeah. Right? I agree. If they would have lost, oh, my God. So, yeah. yeah, there was tremendous pressure on them to win that game. That's true. At home. And it was not. That wasn't playing. They would have yeah. never heard the end of it. Nope. Especially Mayfield. Yeah. So now I look for them to play better. I don't think there's any pressure on Cleveland. I think a good point. this year automatically is a success for them. Right. You went 6-10. and 10. You didn't make the playoffs in they, 17, 18 years. You would not want to play them now. No. Because they got it. They did. Everybody's talked, like, we made the playoffs. Okay, everybody in Cleveland gets free beer. I mean, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And you talked about, uh, can you run the ball? Yes, they can. Yeah. And can the Steelers run the ball? No, they can't. No, they oh, and so wait a minute. This quarterback is old. Yeah, and so when <laughs> you I want to talk about getting heat on somebody, that's the guy who you need to. Yes. Yeah. And what really sucks is Olivier Vernon just tore his Achilles against those Steelers last week. So that's going to suck. But and they lost the safety, the safety yeah. to COVID, they get and one back. yep. And now so Stefanski's not being Stefanski's able to coach. That's, that's going to be a big. Ma- yeah. That's the that's my major. But concern. when Baker was asked about it, did you see what he said? He said well, he's very confident because his quarterback coach and, and, and the OC. I, borderline a little bit over than confident. He was like, so what kind of a the reporter is very basic journal question where what type of effect will this have when your coach not being able to coach and you losing a safety no effect that was it no yeah, effect what's he gonna say yeah, yeah but at he the did, same time you could have played that off so much better and been like you know um we're really gonna miss those guys really wish we could be there but you know our game stays the same like you could have well he did now you're just this. stirring the pot when they more. asked him about the whole That's the company line like, they asked him about what like well, how does it feel to be in the playoffs he goes we're just happy to be in the dance like, <laughs> like what else do you yeah have? again i i don't I don't think uh, there's any pressure on Cleveland no. whatsoever. Pittsburgh was the one that was 11 and 0 yeah. and going to be better than the Dolphins. Yeah. Three. Like, come on. And just crawled and they down played, the they finish played, line, to the finish line. They've played in their last four games of 1 and 4, and they played one good half. They should The Colts should have won that game. You're up 21 7. You, That's you true. could go back when they were 9 and 0. I don't know that the 10 and 11 yeah. wins were too I think convincing they beat either. Dallas by 6. That they was were a primetime game, game too, I think. Yeah, that was yeah. cuz Dallas yeah. is always primetime, but I don't I don't know the whole second half of the season. They either they got bored or And then the Ravens bored. game. Did, any, did anyone think they were going to be that good at the start of the year? No. I didn't. No. They the were Ravens picked, game when they were McSorley, like middle of the division. McSorley and RG3. That one, the the Wednesday yeah. game. And yeah. it's like, wow, well, we, we had to play it a Wednesday. Well, you had all your guys. They're missing Lamar and they're yeah. running yeah. backs. Like, let's go. Like, come on. That's a great point. Yeah, but that's all we've got for the uh, wild card weekend. Let's transition over to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. So the Atlanta Falcons trying to make their head coach and general manager job more appealing. They're the only team ranked under the Lions as far as the appeal. Yeah, NFL.com did that. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of interesting. But Which the Hunter, Atlanta Hunter owner said. I thought there were two. I, I, I saw only Atlanta underneath yeah, there. Yeah, and but. Hunter Chambers actually sat on here and said that the Falcons are the most appealing to him. Yeah, yeah and that'd my, be the exact opposite. $30 million over the cap. Nice pick, Hunter. So <laughs> the Atlanta owner, Arthur Blank, came out and said that no players were off the table or exempt from getting traded out of the franchise, that obviously including Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Now, Ryan is due $40.9 million Jesus. next year, and Julio adds another $23 million. The Falcons are obviously, like you said, not in a great position when it comes to cap space, which makes the job less appealing than the Lions. So yeah. at least uh, we kind of have that going yeah, for so us. So that really that shows, you know, when there's teams like OKC kind of went through this when they were, you know, in the basketball where they have, they pour so much money into these players who are in the win now mentality. Yeah. And you don't 
you didn't get to where you thought. They, well, like, you could no, say they, they got, got to where they thought. Well, like, they didn't yeah. win where they needed well, to. Yeah, and so like because they had that run, it, yeah. it feels like so long ago that they. Were no, in that it really Super Bowl. does. Because remember, I mean, they came out. They looked like the best team in football before they got to that Super Bowl, and then they looked like the best team in football when they were in the Super Bowl. So obviously, they made it. There, and then so after that, they had like one, maybe two playoff runs, but. Dan Quinn kind of. I'm was, sorry, that was the biggest choke job oh, in the history of the sure. Super Bowl. Yeah, that might be the biggest Good choke God. job in sports. That was awful. I mean, it was terrible, but you have to remember that they did yeah. get there. So it's like, and you know what's sad about that too? Like, I like Matt Ryan. No, I don't, I don't mind I, him at all either. You I know think, who else likes Matt Ryan? Matt Stafford. He said him and Ryan yeah, are actually like really close as far as they, the outside but of football. The whole narrative of Matt Ryan's career changed in the matter of 15 minutes of a football game. Hundred percent. He's, he's in a different. He's in a different echelon. He's he's talked about in a different way. And it's like, oh, Matt Ryan. I, like, I, it yeah. was, to me, it was play calling, and they just mm-hmm. not using the play clock like they should. I mean, it was that was hard. It's hard to Stop blow. Running the ball. Was it 21? Were they uh, have 28 20, to three. They 30, were down yeah, 25. I mean, come on. It's unreal. Super Bowl? Yeah. yeah. So that's obviously going to be a Especially stain when on Patricia's on the other side. You could, should be able no, to I, didn't. <laughs> I, I, I take that back. It, no, by no surprise, they lost to a defensive guru. But anyways. <laughs> yes. Well, I will say Julio has been banged up a bit in 2020, yeah, which has allowed their other receiver, who has not been getting as much press as I think he deserves, Calvin Ridley, to shine for the Falcons, leads the team with over 1,300 yards and he's right tied with Devontae Adams for fifth on the receiving I list. really think that... Um, I'm really surprised. I'm, I mean, I know Calvin Ridley was having a great year. I did not know he was no, to Calvin that extent. No, Calvin Ridley was having a great year when Julio was out in the beginning of the year. Julio yeah. came back and started to ball out a little bit. And then he, he got the same hamstring issue he was dealing with. Obviously, this is coming from a Julio Jones fantasy owner, so I know there you go. what was going on with him. Of course. Him. But, <laughs> no, um, I think Calvin Ridley could be like he one of those... He worked fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, the Lions should pick me up. I've, I've had a winning season every year. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Um, anyway, but um, Calvin Ridley, I feel like he could be like Stephon Diggs. Remember when Stephon Diggs was coming down to the scene and a team would a team that was like missing a receiver, like Buffalo was, and they get him yeah. for like a younger quarterback, and then it works really well. So I feel like yeah, coming over from uh, Minnesota, yeah. And so Julio also he's in the win now mentality. So I could I really think he's going to be dealt. You think so? Yeah, that'll be interesting because that would be um, obviously a hit to that cap. But then like you know when you're rebuilding. Does that really matter? You know, you don't really worry about the cap that much because it's about getting the right people and the right pieces in place mm-hmm. for the future. Like, the cap space is not really one of your big ideas, right? So I think as we move forward with the Lions, I would assume that, that would be the biggest thing to look for is how closely they're regarding, like, the cap space that they have and, like, yeah. what type of players or keep, you know, pieces they're putting in there before they really come out and, like, you're not ever going to come out and say that you're rebuilding, but that'll be what you look Do at, you, I would assume. Um, this one's more directed at you. Do you think that... Colin Coward brought it up, and he said that there are teams like the Carson Wentz signing, the Matt Stafford signing, the Matt Ryan signing, where teams are like, those contracts don't look good anymore, you know. What do you think Atlanta does with Matt Ryan? Stafford think probably actually the least of the three on yeah. those, to And be do you honest. think it's very similar to what the Lions should do with Matt Stafford, or do you think they're in two different ballparks? Well, it depends, too, on the contract, because a lot of times it's the way the contract is structured, where True. they, you know, Put the money up front, and then the contract gets tapered down. How much is guaranteed, and all these clauses? Those are really hard to compare, but they're two. I mean, similar. Their two career paths are pretty similar, other than obviously Stafford hasn't won a playoff game, and Ryan has. But neither of which, 
I mean, who is who is their best? Who is the lead running back for them in that Super Bowl run? That was Devontae Freeman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That does feel like forever ago and that Freeman he, was there. He even had um, Tevin Coleman was really good. Yeah. And then they had you weapons. think about Matt Ryan's whole career. Michael Turner was good with the Falcons. So yeah, and, and again, Todd not Gurley to now. get into the whole Stafford thing, but they came I out with something the other day, and he's had a. A running back rushed for 100 yards 11 times in his career. Out of career. like 160 Reggie games. Bush in his like career. Yeah. Reggie Bush had to be like half of those too. Yeah. And it's like there are One some. One of them is uh, Swift. There oh, are yeah. some teams in the NFL that have 11 out of the 16 games where they have a 100-yard mm-hmm. rusher, if not every game. Derrick yeah. Henry. <laughs> so Seriously, if that, you're the Titans. That's a crazy stat. Yeah, uh, it is The crazy run stat. game certainly helps the quarterback. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, NFL end-of-season awards. So they have not really officially been released yet. One, but, One's really official, though, pretty much. Well, okay, fair. But um, these rankings are from Bill Barnwell, who is a senior ESPN writer. Let's start off with the Comeback Player of the Year, which should be official, but number one, these are all, like I said, Bill's rankings. Alex Smith at one. Number two is Jason Verrett, who is a cornerback for the 49ers, who has... He I was actually up. I was reading really about up. him and um you know his story is actually really incredible about what he's he overcame. He's on the Bears, I'm pretty sure. He hasn't played meaningful football in like multiple years. Yeah. And for him to come back and be producing at the level that he has, awesome. Number 3 is Rob Gronkowski. So that would be took a year know, off. To took a year off retirement, but I guess he even he says like he's more refreshed than anything. You know what I mean? Like that was probably a benefit for him, especially with his personality, just to get out of the game, yeah. get out of the the that like space for a that while. Too, yeah. He, that's, love what football again. that's what he's come out and said is that he now has like this different appreciation, not like a yeah, new appreciation. He, make, he, but he much like Romo, I mean, he could make more money off the field. Oh, yeah. So Probably could, true. Doing um, very different Drew things, Brees, I will say, though. Drew he's Brees not going to be calling games. to be taking a uh, uh, broadcast role after, after this year. Yeah, I did hear that. Pretty banged up guy. Yeah. I mean, he's done it all, too. Well, he was supposed to retire last year, if you do remember correctly, but then the last couple seasons for the Saints have ended in a terribly dramatic fashion. He said, oh, screw it, I'm coming Vikings back. Vikings game. <laughs> yeah. Yes. How many Vikings games? Yeah. <laughs> Rudolph and that, all and that the Rams. stuff. Yeah, but the Rams, too, that, yep. um, that no call, right? Yep. Um, but those guys, Alex Smith, really should lock that up. That should be pretty easy. MVP, we have one, Aaron Rodgers, two, Patrick Mahomes, and three, Josh Allen. Totally agree. When I said Josh Allen a couple weeks ago, Hunter looked at me like I was nuts. And I was, he's, you know, he's, I think you two are like, uh, yeah, you I were kind of skeptical as well. Like, oh, he doesn't put up, he has been putting up crazy good numbers. And like you said, without the uh, running back potential in the backfield, yeah. which you could say almost in some cases works to his advantage because then they lean on his ability mm-hmm. and his arm so heavily and he inflates those numbers. Yeah, and you know, as um, not only you could even think about this as a Lions fan too, me as a Browns fan, you look at Rodgers. Oh, you're se- not a Lions fan anymore? Well, no, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you look at Rodgers, second year in that system, you know, and he's taken off. Josh yeah, Allen's that point. third year in his system, taken off. Matt Stafford, Baker haven't had that third year, second year in that system, where you look at these guys, they're putting up hmm. MVP numbers in those systems. And obviously Mahomes. Point. You mean is, seven offensive coordinators in 12 years is yeah, tough? or four head coaches in three. Yeah. yeah. so That's a great I, point. That, that's, that has a lot about, to do with what, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think Brian Dable is a very good, would be a very good head coach. I think that he's the reason Josh Allen's up there. Yeah, good point. Let's move on to 
the uh, offensive player of the year. So a little bit different. Rodgers is here. going to win. Yeah, he yeah. I, I would Seventy-one percent. I mean, come on. In, yeah. in the QBRs, you're unreal. talking to someone that's not a Packers. Guy. It's unreal. Um, offensive player of the year number one is Travis Kelsey, two is Kamara, and three is Derek Henry. Ooh. So he put Kamara in front of Henry, I which uh, I disagreed with. Like I said, first guy to win the Triple Crown two years in a row for the rushing. It, Travis Kelsey, I would say, is definitely a contender for that number one spot. Broke the single season receiving yards um, record for any type of tight end in the NFL. So There was a stat the other day, I think it was Orlovsky tweeted out, that if Derek Henry did not have a carry in the second he'd half, still have, he'd be fifth in the He still would have been in the top no, five. the first half. First half? His second half is where a lot of his uh, carries came. I believe. Okay. Breaks, yards. He somehow breaks the long ones in the second half. Well, that's what we were talking about earlier. Top is like, five, though. Yeah. yeah. So, like, if he, yeah. how you don't so the stat, the, yeah. we talked about that last week, that stat. I brought it up because if he did not, like you said, if you didn't have a carry in the first half of the game it was, then he'd still be in that top five list because with a guy like Derrick Henry, when you are – wearing teams down in the first and second quarter, even going into halftime, you come back out and all of a sudden those guys don't want to tackle you anymore. I, and I, then those three and four and six yards turn into 10 and 15 and 80 plus. Yeah. So, And you know what I think when it comes to offense player of the year? I feel like they don't look at it to where in the MVP you look, okay, you take Rodgers off that team, where's that team at? Yeah. That's a different, it's a different, uh, yeah. what's the word? Uh, Different set of like uh, Consens- consensus, almost like you're looking at it from a di- like a different perspective. Different perspective, yeah. Sure. So, yeah. but I look at those three and I'm like, okay, you take Kelsey off that team, Mahomes has still got Tyree Kill, whatever. You take Kamara off that team, Mark Ingram was dominant when he was in New Orleans. I would say out of those three, Derrick Henry would you be take the Derrick only Henry valuable. Off that team, yeah. You're like, I shouldn't say the only valuable, but the most valuable out of those three yeah. would obviously be Henry. So I, I personally, I'd put I think Derrick Henry deserves it. Only eight players ever, eight seasons ever. It should ever. be the player that you could least afford to lose. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be the MVP. That's what we're saying. Yeah. So, you know what I mean. But how about the offensive rookie of the year to wrap this up? We have number one, Justin Jefferson. He ranked him ahead of number two, Justin Herbert. And then three is Tristan Wirfs, who's the offensive tackle, rookie offensive tackle for the Bucks, yeah. who has had a great year. It's hard to award a lineman. And the kid, and the guy may be, but. He's had a, I was, could, I was looking at some of the wrong, stats. Yeah, you couldn't go wrong with either of the first two. No. No, and that's where the majority of the, the voting will who be would you for give those two. To? Now, I will say, we've got two records here. Herbert broke that rookie. Herbert broke Baker's uh, the record. The touchdown record. Yep. And then uh, Jefferson broke, was it Randy Moss? It was uh, Anquan Bolden's. Well, he, he broke Moss's record for the Vikings rookie or yeah, something. And, and then Anquan he broke NFL for rookie. receiving yeah. touchdowns for a rookie. I might be wrong. Yards I, for a rookie. I think it's it's not easy, but I I'd think it's easier Jefferson. to come in and play wide receiver oh, than yeah, this quarterback. Sure. So I'd give it to the quarterback. Yeah. I only think it's going to go to Jefferson because the year Baker did break the record, they gave it to Saquon. So I think that oh, they're going to look at. I didn't realize that. Just Which should have no bearing. Yeah. No, I'm just saying from yeah, like past you. experience. I just think that they'll be like, wow, he made more of a di- – I don't know. I just feel like Justin Jefferson's yeah. going to get it. Rookie yeah, quarterbacks, though, typically don't come in and do that. No, they do not. And he's had a great he year. He shattered Baker's right. record. Baker's was 26 or 27. He was like 31, 32. Let's talk about another quarterback that had a great year. A um, little bit – well, I guess probably pretty comparable success to the Chargers. A little bit worse. But um, the Chargers really didn't have a great year. Chargers won four straight. I know, and then it was like... And their coach got fired. How? Yeah, they went 7-9. and nine. I know, so obviously less success. But Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans, who potentially will be out of Houston here pretty soon, I will say, um, he's pissed off with the Texans franchise all around, and that comes from them getting rid of his best weapon in DeAndre Hopkins last year without telling him, without getting any type of warning. Apparently he finds out about all this stuff on social media, which is it's just not great for a franchise quarterback. He's no longer a... 
Um, like, I mean, still a young quarterback, but not like a guy who he's, he's been around the league enough. He, yeah. I think he deserves that type of respect. Um, they ignored his input on the general manager search and to top it off, they can't win games. Even when he's balling out, you saw JJ Watt apologize for quote, like wasting one of his years after that last game. So, um, it'll, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with him. He tweeted out about a week ago, some things never change, but has not since confirmed or denied that that had anything to do with the GM, the hiring of uh, Nick Casario. Could have been a girlfriend uh, problem. It could have been a lady problem. Could have yeah. been uh, something about uh, all the crap that's going on with the world right now yeah. and our political world. It could have been so many different things. So definitely not going to tie that. But further uh, reports him. have come out. So. Exactly. That's very true. Uh, I will say with the new GM already for Houston, Nick Casario, and new head coach they'll be having soon, they're going to go throughout that process. It might be a win-win for both sides if Deshaun Watson yeah. demands a trade. A change, of, a change of scenery would probably be good for him. And even though the Darnold kid said he wants to stay in New York, there's a lot that comes with playing in New York. There is. You know, and ask for a Deshaun, New York Yankee. I mean, ask yeah. a New York Giant. I Even mean, Philly, too. The Philly's yeah. a tough time. And Deshaun Watson's still worth, i got to say, multiple first-round picks. I like picks. the trade offer that was reported. I was saying before the show, I, I thought it was good for both teams. What offer? Which one? There's no, not a trade offer. Say there is no offer. Yeah, okay. They're proposed. Proposed one. from Drew. Yeah, that oh. was, I came up with that. Well, that was yeah. Yours? That was no. That was yeah, no. Came up with that. Yeah, that was no real trade off. That's what I was trying to tell you. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Lions might need to hire me. <laughs> I know I can scout talent. Deshaun Watson was my quarterback so this was, year too. It was. Yeah. It was him. It was him and a, maybe a third or a fourth, and right? their second pick. And then you trade them, and because they don't have a first round pick, because the Dolphins have that. So you, the Dolphins are like, all right, we'll give this back to you. We'll give our pick to you, and we'll give you to a young quarterback. You can build off him. We're in the win now stage. We'll take a so now it's do they believe in Tua? And then you look at um, Deshaun twenty two dollar million twenty two million dollar cap hit. But like I said, when this, you're rebuilding, that doesn't matter. As this much. was another. I, I saw another one today because it didn't involve Miami. Oh, I, okay. I really like. I think Miami. Should well, you were talking about the one we talked about earlier, though, the Miami thing, right? Because no, that's okay. That's not a real trade. Oh no. Yeah. What were you talking about? This was on Twitter, and it was. Maybe there just a proposed trade. I'm saying that because there have not been any concrete trade offers. Just between the two we don't teams. even know if Watson is gone yet. Because that'd be something for a new GM and new head coach to get rid of your star quarterback. You hate, you hate to see the new guy, the new GM. You hate to come into a new job and you already got disgruntled people, let alone your best player. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good. Which really is not Casario's fault whatsoever. You know. And let's be real. It's best player in the large gap until the second best player yeah. for that team. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's like, especially when the quarterback is not even the face, really, of your franchise, which is kind yeah, of interesting. He's kind of grown into it. He has, but that's going to be J.J. Watt until and, J.J. Watt oh, leaves. Or is let's done. not talk about leaving. He's disgruntled. Or disgruntled I too? hope he leaves. Yeah. That would be fantastic. As long as he doesn't go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? Could, would that be the three Wobblers playing on the yeah. He could come to Ford Field. He can pick his number. I would Robert take either Sal? of them. I would Robert take Robert Sal. I bet would love some. JJ I would Watt. take either of them. To be honest with you, we're taking all defensive players. It's an open, okay, uh, it's open see. season. Yeah, <laughs> official report. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, uh, that's all we've got for the NFL talk today. Let's go talk to quarterback at Northern Michigan, Ryan Johnson, before we get into a little bit of college football talk. Our second guest on today's episode played in eight games as a true freshman for the Northern Michigan Wildcats in 2017. Unfortunately, lost his next year to an injury, but bounced back and was a starting quarterback for NMU in 2019. He's an absolute ball, a baller, excuse me, out of Greenway, Wisconsin. It's Ryan Johnson. What's going on, RJ? How are you? Good. How are you doing, Kobe? Fantastic. Excited to have you on. I think Good. 
Only the you said we said we talked about it before the third guy from Northern. Yeah, we had uh, Morrison on, and then we had Coach Jurison on. But um, I've been trying to spread out the guests. So, a little oh, bit. Okay. Ryan, before we get started, I would assume yeah. you're a huge Calvin Johnson fan because you know coming out of Wisconsin, like you know with the last name, you're probably the huge Lions fan, right? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> I haven't been asked that question a lot. Um, I'm, be a little uh a little similarity there but no not a not a calvin johnson fan <laughs> uh, he is on the ballot for the of, uh hall of fame this year right yeah. yeah so that'll be is he so already good for him we're gonna yeah. we're gonna have yeah, to assume yeah. we're gonna have to assume that you're a cheese head then yeah big time cheese head over here big yeah time cheese head. so uh yeah. Big Aaron Rodgers fan, MVP this year huh well you're he be- should be before Hopefully. we get too deep into this being that i didn't uh get too many questions in our last uh segment um thanks when i was a kid probably under the age of oh, 10 even kobe doesn't know this but i had a green bay <laughs> packer trash can in my bedroom oh you did and uh, no way. i actually got one whatsoever. too here yeah <laughs> and i want i want to say you're again much younger but lynn dickey was the quarterback there's was, no way that, in hell lynn that, you know, yeah I do know Lynn Dickey, my dad. Oh, dog. my gosh. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's yeah. making it up yeah. to make you feel better. We've already bonded. I can't you, wait no, to no, meet no. I can't wait no. to meet you in person. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. You know, uh, do you remember Ray Nitsky? Yes. My dad also is a huge fan of him. Yep. Um, Unreal. Yeah, it's a very rich tradition here. We all, oh, all yeah. kind of get we, into we, it a little too much. Yeah, but, we, you know. we made the trek out to Lambeau a few years ago. That was on we our did. bucket that list. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, they got a lot of new stuff going up right now. They got uh, um, an ice skating rink, a sledding hill, a whole football field for the public. It's, uh, it's really wow, cool. Wow. Yeah, that's it. It's a, it was so a, we went. It was a that great was day. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was in for the first series, maybe yeah. like the first possession, and then he came out. Lions got a win. Pat McAfee was on the call. Even a, Matt Prater threw oh, a touchdown. Matt Prater threw a <laughs> touchdown. Like our kicker. Like it was. Uh, oh. It was so awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying not to remember that one already. <laughs> yeah, well, don't worry. That was saying, the highlight of the last ten years. Exactly. For us. I mean, we are not the first seed in yeah, the yeah. NFC this year. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's whatever. Yeah, but, we'll uh, let you guys have that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the uh, What's the time at home been like for you? I'm assuming you're at home right now. I'm at home. Um, I'm going to be up in Marquette uh, Monday morning for the, oh, good. the COVID testing or the, the campus passport deal. Sweet. And um, I've, I've just been working and uh, working out, really. It's been a really low-key schedule here, but nothing wrong with that. Um, a lot That's of family good. time. What are you doing? So, uh, what are you, yeah, where are you working I'm, at? I'm actually doing um, a trade. I'm, I'm plastering and drywalling for uh, one of um, my buddy's company or my buddy's dad's company. There you go. So, Nice. It's uh, it's some physical work, and it's oh, hard to yeah. get to the weight room at night, but then we get <laughs> we get it done. So yeah, that's good. You're not on so, sti- you're not on yeah. stilts, are you? I'm not on the stilts. Um, I actually, if we're more in the eight feet basement, so I can actually get the ceiling just standing there. Ooh. Um, but most of the guys are on the, on the stilts. So, yeah. Um, there you go. That that would be uh, yeah. fun to explain yeah. to coach falling off the stilts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons too. His, dad, his dad's like, I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be the guy to, you know, have to make that call. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? I totally respect. I totally respect it. Oh no, so, that makes sense. Um, um, what's a uh, what's a typical workout look like for you? I mean, outside of we got we're on the app with the, the program with Coach Branshaw, but uh, what do you do outside of that? Kind of getting ready to go back up to Northern. Yeah. Um, well, I follow uh, most of coaches Coach Branch's uh, platform. But uh, I do a lot of uh, shooting hoops and basketball for the conditioning. There you I'll go. run a mile or two on the treadmill. 
Um, basketball conditions are always really good conditions, so I'm always trying uh, to get yeah. to that point. And then um, a lot of a lot of body weight stuff, a lot of push ups, dips, um, pull ups, stuff like that. So I'm I'm big into the body weight um, more than the free weight. Just to, I had a little um, nick in my arm. I, I'd say a little uh, sore, so I just started doing body weight stuff, and it feels great now. So yeah. That's good. That's a good, like, yeah, that's a good indicator I found too. Like, especially when you're kind of, like you said, like you're dinged up or whatever. Like sometimes when you go jump right into weights, you don't know kind of what you're, what you're at. Like if you can Mm -hmm. go full go, like sometimes when you're doing body weight stuff, you can kind of feel it out. Be like, you know, maybe I should or shouldn't progress. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe I should or should not be doing some of this stuff right now. So um, that's always good. Yeah. It's a little less wearing. It's it's better for flexibility. The body weight. Oh yeah. It's a little less wearing on, on the joints and stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm a little bit bigger into that when I, you know, I'm throwing a ball. I'm not, you know, running into people. So I <laughs> keep the flexibility high. No, I feel that. I feel that. Go ahead. Did you play yeah. basketball in high school? I actually didn't. I played didn't, a really? funny story. I played a, I played in middle school, and I dropped six points. That was my career high. Um, <laughs> four for four on the free throws. Just want to throw that oh, out there. Not at all <laughs> and, like me, <laughs> Kobe was Shaq at the go. line in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was he? Yeah. You'll, you'll find yeah. this hard to believe, well, but uh, Kobe had a short stint in his basketball lives or basketball career, and I was his middle school oh, coach. Did. Yeah, and he he does he does actually hold the uh, the claim to fame. He did score twenty nine in a eighth uh, eighth grade game, yeah. twenty nine seventh grade game. He probably oh, fouled out in that game grade. too. That was eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, and I also wow. claim the fame of probably getting the fastest five fouls that you have ever seen on yes. the basketball court. So. Yeah. Five fouls, very physical player over there, huh? I, the reason I <laughs> ask is, the reason I ask because you said you, you played, um, you know, or, or you're doing the conditioning, which is basketball is terrific yeah. for that, but yeah. normally in the uh, in the quarterback, just making, when I think of a quarterback, I would have guessed that you would have played basketball. Yeah, I um well I really picked it up my freshman year in the peef and um started playing a lot better than I thought I could play and then um <laughs> just kept running r- running fives sophomore year junior year and really got into it and it's just something to take my mind off of football and yeah. you know do something else. Yeah, so, what I think's really yeah. good about that too is like obviously the conditioning aspect of it's great but it's also like Basketball and like any other sport really is just it's a different set of movements. You know what I mean? So like when you totally, when totally. you get specialized in a lot of things, I don't I don't think there's a lot a lot of emphasis placed on this and guys don't really understand, it, especially guys out of high school. Um, but if you specialize yeah. in something and your muscles are so used to doing one movement over and over and over again, Start. whenever you can mix that up, like that's just that's the best thing you can do for yourself and your body. Yeah. Guys will start getting stiff. They'll start getting yeah. stiff and not being able to to move as much. So if you kinda Stay a little well-rounded um, yeah. as best as you can. I think that's the most beneficial thing for you. Yeah, I know, like Drew and I can so. say, I'm sure you've been with guys like this too. You can just like lift you out of any freaking weight room. But then they as soon as they get move. on the field, yeah, yeah. they can't move yeah. or like yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, we've met some guys over the years that are just squatting 600. You got guys benching 400, and it's just like, Jesus, he's going to be a freak on the field when they get on the field, and it's just a whole different story. <laughs> a little so. disappointing. Yeah, um, but yeah, I did mention, <laughs> yeah, after your freshman year, I mentioned, um, I actually didn't know this. So you lost, was it in t- your entire sophomore year to an injury? And what was that? Yeah, um, well, funny story. I've told this story five, six times now. Um, oh, boy. I, uh, first play of the season, first play of the season, we had Jake May on it running back. Um, yep. the, emph- the emphasis was to get the ball to him. 
Yeah. So we, we toss it, we pitch it, whatever. So I'm all right, second play of the season. The drop back pass, I'm kind of like, what? You know, drop, drop it back already. Let's do it. Yeah, wait a minute. Um, coach, the coach had told me after the play, hindsight's always 20-20, right? There was an opening on the corner out, but I decided to take it and run. And oh, wow. uh, I, I kind of flashed back to high school, tried to put a little juke move on this linebacker. Oh. And uh, it, it, it didn't work. He got his helmet into me. Um, I didn't have a rib protector on. You'll always see me wear a rib protector now. That's yeah. the reason. Um, he got right into my um, right side uh, rib cage. And uh, I ended up trying to get back into the game. Breathe, I was breathing like ridiculous. It was terrible, just wheezing. Uh, lineman made me come out of the game. Went to the, went to the table. Um, ended up having two broken ribs. And then I came back um, into the training facility later that week after I had my x-rays and stuff. And I was out running, trying to get ready for – it was supposed to be a two-week delay. I was going to get back on the field. Yeah. And then John, come, John comes running out to me. He's like, "Hey, man, you got to go to the ER right now." I'm like, "What? What's going on, man? I'm I'm trying to jog and throw and get get back into this." And uh, I ended up having a collapsed lung as well. Holy cow! So my 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 lung was collapsed. I had a, a breathing tube that they put um, wrapped around my lung and. Uh, yeah, it was the whole the whole season. It was uh, it was it was pretty brutal. Walking around the classes up three flights of stairs with the, with the breathing tube in. Oh my gosh! And uh, I'm assuming class. like Jamrick or somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, oh yep. yeah, that's the, our business building. It's got a uh, pretty dangerous flight of stairs there. I, so yeah, that was tough. But then we came back and we beat McKenzie first game we the year last year. So it was yeah. good to beat those guys. I would say that had to feel sure. good, especially coming off that. So I mean. Hey, kudos to you for overcoming that. I did not know that, so now I feel like I'm better for knowing that. How about um? I'm assuming you're watching that Ohio State Clemson game. What about? Did you feel that um that hit against uh, Justin Fields? Oh, I, yeah, oh yeah, I, I felt it. I, I knew what he was going something. through, but yeah, yeah. Obviously, he's probably he's got 40 pounds on me, so he took it a little better. Than That's I true. I don't think people right. realize like his frame. He's a big dude. I didn't realize that either until oh, I kind of looked at it. That's the frame I'm trying to get to. He's like, I think he's 245. 245, you know, I'm pushing Ooh, 210 Justin Fields. On, a, on a good day. 210? And, uh, yeah, 210 okay. now. I came in at 185. 185. Oh. So that's when I took the hit. I was about 185. <laughs> I pulled I So, yeah. I was, yeah that's, that's, that was going to be the next question for you is, like, how have you approached anything differently? Obviously, like, you know, putting on a little bit of weight, trying to add a little bit of, uh, you know, fill out that frame years a little bit. Have you approached anything else differently after uh, going through all that process? Um, approached um, anything differently as in like play like style, football, like yeah, like football, like weight, training football. and recovery, that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, well, I put on, I'd say from my freshman to my junior year, I put on a good 35 pounds. There you go. And then, uh, I didn't slow down really because you know, it's all lifting and it's muscle weight. So yeah. it's not, not slowing me down or anything. That's important. But, uh, um, yeah, after I took the hit, I was, um, more emphasize on you know getting a, hitting a check down, not running. But um, <laughs> I, I'd like to say that I'm faster than people give me credit for. Yeah. So I try to I try to flash it every now and then. Sneaky but, uh, athletic is what we say yeah, around here. Yeah. Lot, exactly. A lot of protein shakes in the last four years. And, and I'm third <laughs> amount. And I'm third amount of protein shakes. Um, yeah. So that's that's how I, I approach it. Um, recovery wise, um, I do a lot of sauna sitting. I do a lot of. Yeah. Uh, jogging and, and rolling out and stuff like that but there you go that's good to hear stuff, i'm sure you know. yeah yeah a <laughs> oh. couple questions for you rj 
yep. being a, a Wisconsin kid, you're you're yep. used to the weather. I mean, Marquette obviously has its own issues in the winter time, like I'm sure Wisconsin does. But how about now that you've been yep. there for a while? What's what has surprised you about Marquette in a in a great way to say, you know, like I'm really glad that I came here in terms of just the yeah. city itself. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, um, I had I had never thought when I was a senior in high school. I'll throw it back here just a little bit. I only I only played my senior year in high school, which is already tough um, when you're looking for a school to wow. go to in the recruiting process because yeah. you only have one year of film, right? I um, it's a school full of quarterbacks. The the, the the kid that started ahead of me two years, so I was a sophomore when he was starting. He's on the Jets, the New York Jets right now. What? And then uh, what's yeah, the name? James Morgan. He plays for okay, the Jets. There you go. James Morgan. Yeah. James. And then uh, the kid that started when I was a junior, he plays at Michigan Tech. Will Ark. And then uh, yep, I met Will. And then I got I got my I got my yeah I got my turn um, senior year, and then uh, um, I ended up finding Northern. Luckily, it was like a week before signing day, and I got a message from JT and whatever and whatever. And then That's uh, unreal. I didn't really know if it was the place for me. I saw the dome. You know, the dome's always a cool cool thing to see. Of course. Um, but knowing that it was three hours away was a big thing for me. But then going to school there, um, I just I loved it. You know, there's the, the outdoors aspect to it. It's a, it's a huge thing. Um, I'd say the program is very family oriented. Um, they recruit a lot of guys that have connections with guys on the team that know people on the team, which yep. I really like. It's, um, it's a really good family atmosphere. It's from from when I've been been to a freshman to a, to a senior now. Um, it's been a lot of family focused. So the team is a lot better than when I came in. That's and, good. Uh, great. I talked. Uh, I was talking to Marcus the other day. We were working, and he's just, dude. We have we have six facilities compared to. I don't know if you've seen on Twitter the poll of the dome versus all these other places. I have seen that. I see uh, Isaiah's always retweeting yeah. those, trying to get our get our votes up. Yeah, I mean, we made it to what top four? I mean, it looks like it's in the country too for D or D two. I, I know, and now one, we're going but, up against. Uh, I think was it like West Florida or yeah, something? And like they, they okay. won the national like title. Yeah, 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 I was gonna something. say like their facilities. I mean, West Florida. I, I think it's. Really I even, all you I even say. sent that to Kobe, and I was like, "Oh, you guys lost." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. When people think about Marquette, Michigan, you think, "Oh God, the snow, this, that." Yeah. But I mean, I I love it up there. I, I do. I think it's uh think it's a great place and it's only it's coming around the corner we're gonna we're gonna turn the corner here soon so i'm with that i'm with that i think so i think we got a lot of talent especially coming in i know we've got um we're talking to nice room and we were talking to the uh coach burton who had joined us a little earlier about um the recruiting and all that nice room was telling me like he just doesn't want to do a lot of guesswork and i kind of just reiterate that like he doesn't get a chance to meet a lot of these guys he's recruiting this year because with the COVID and everything going on. So um, a lot of our talent yeah, is going to be exactly. coming from the transfer portal. We've got obviously some kids coming out of high school as well. Um, so hopefully looking to definitely increase uh, on that record and just kind of, you know, trending upwards, trending upwards at, uh, at NMU. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's not like you, you, the transfers that we're getting right now, I've met, I don't know how many we've gotten this year, but it's more than usual. And yeah. um, I've, I've met most of these guys and, and they have a connection with, um, yeah, a, a kind of a leader of a, of a position group. You know what I'm saying? Like they know a lot of you know the, the the good, the good in the program, and that's it's only making it better because um, usually when somebody gets recommended by somebody that's been here for a while, it's it's a good recommendation. So yeah, um, yeah, the, the transfers are they're awesome so far from what I've met. So that's good. It's only, it's only getting better. It's only getting better. 
Uh, I talked with Coach Jurison. We had him on on the show. It was like a week or two ago, probably. Two yeah, two weeks ago, Coach Jurison. And he was talking about just the competition in that quarterback room that you guys have. And I'm sure, you know, him between him and you both are oh, yeah. excited about the talent that you guys have gotten there. But, you know, how has that been competing, and how does that force you to really just to up your game going into this year? Yeah, coming into my um, freshman year, um, I got into the quarterback room, and, and obviously he said I, I played. I started eight games my freshman year. And yeah. You can already tell, you know, a kid coming out of high school, he's only had one year of varsity football. That's so crazy, man. He weighs he weighs 185 pounds, <laughs> and he gets to play eight games and start on homecoming. It, man. The, the competition was, was not, not, not going to knock myself down, but the competition was not as good as it is now. Yeah, for sure. I got you. Um, uh, and regarding the competition in the room right now, it's, it's a lot of fun. We all get along. Um, it's only elevated my game and everybody else's game because I, I think personally I had the 10 practices that we had this year, I've had my best showing. And uh, that's Good. only because of the competition, I think, and getting older and stuff like that. So um, I, I think I think it has to do with uh, the people in the quarterback room. That's um, good, yeah. The willingness to like the willingness to learn and be the guy and and have that confidence and uh, just get along with everybody has just been uh, it's been a blessing. It's been really good. So it's a lot better again than three years ago. Hey, that's good to hear. Continuing to to grow in that space. Yeah. So um, RJ, obviously, I've been kind of in the middle of um, this little rivalry we have on set. Uh, Hunter yep. Chambers, who's usually on is a Michigan Tech offensive lineman. Kobe. Yeah, he's usually with uh, yeah. Drew and I yeah. here. He's and in Kobe, obviously, at Northern. And even when I was yeah. getting recruited by both schools, you could just tell that the rivalry is just so, like, it really tears both, like, to the core. It's to the core for both teams. So for you, being have, you've played in the game, what does the rivalry say to you? And obviously, looking at past results, Tech has your number. What do you guys think that you need to do better to get that dub? Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's an easy that's an easy answer. I've I spent a lot of time on trying to uh, you know trying to actually embrace the rivalry, and um, I feel after playing in it's been two of those games now, yeah, um, and no, knowing their opposing quarterback, it only amplifies the, the rivalry. Oh, for sure. For me, um, I know we've we've dropped the last ten, but um, yeah. it really comes down to a hundred percent. Every game I've played in against these guys has been back and forth, back and forth until the last two minutes of the game. And that's how it's going to continue to be. And I think really embracing our fourth quarter program and um, capitalizing in the fourth quarter is the biggest thing to um, taking taking the UP. It's, it's a huge yeah. battle. It's, it's a battle for the UP. It's, it's, a, it's a rivalry like, like any other. Um, there's two, two Division two teams in the UP, really two college football teams in the UP, yeah, I mean, and, uh, Finlandia, I guess. Do they have the hey, yeah, 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 because the records the records go out at that point. It's about Michigan Tech yeah. versus Northern. Yeah, and Hunter will remind me I mean, every single time he's uh, he's here. I mean, whenever we talk to anybody from Northern, he's always chirping in with yeah. his <laughs> Yeah, and then if you think about this last season, I don't remember our record going into the game. It was obviously one and something, and they were yeah 
three, maybe maybe two or three and something. And about five hundred, yeah. Like that to, yeah, for a game like that to even get the ESPN three coverage already already tells you enough about the rivalry. Mm-hmm, um, that's a great point. You're not going to see a lot of one and something and five hundred teams playing on ESPN three unless it's a big time rivalry. And I'd already well, if Michigan would have played Ohio so, State this year, it probably could have maybe made yeah, then it could have been a one and something team on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd have been another one there for you. But, oh, yeah, I mean, that's especially awesome. at the D two level, you're not going to get a lot of coverage like that. So. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, yeah, that competition in the uh, the quarterback room. That's why I'm super excited is, like, because I come in, and obviously we've got – well, we've got DeAndre, who is uh, – he's in his fifth year, right? Caldwell's in his fifth year? Four. 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 He's only yep. in his fourth year. Okay. Same year, same year as me. Okay, yeah. good, yeah. So, obviously, we have him and then um, Tyshawn on the younger side of things, who is a true sophomore. Yep. And so now, like, I get to come in and learn behind these two guys. And then we've got, um, like, Tyquan and Cullen, who kind of – you know, they're in that running back room, but it's they very different, right? very yep. different play styles than like someone like me who's between the tackles. Um, I'm not going to go beat somebody yeah. on a seam route down the middle of the field. That's just not my game. But <laughs> I'm excited for all that anyways. But we're talking, um, I know Drew has, you know, started to heard some news about like the spring and what we're going to be doing. And we talked with Coach Burton about it a little bit. Um, I just really hope, I think we're going to get a chance to play tech in the spring. And that will be, um, even though it's not, it's going to be technically a scrimmage. I think the energy level will be... Yeah. Just about the same. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, that that I mean, scrimmage or not, that that game that's going to mean something. There's going to yeah. be uh, there's going to be helmets clashing. I can tell you that. Um, yeah. And hey, don't don't count yourself out on that team pass yet. I might I might I might you know give you a little audible there. You never know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, might, I might have to send you up the team. <laughs> he's, he's got much if better hand. He's got much back better back. hands now than he was when he was a tenth grader. If the yeah. defense run commits you, you he might have a shot of you know outbeating a D lineman. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, hey, whatever. Hey, if, if you're faster than that guy, that linebacker right that's across from you, you never know. I'm decent. So two but, th- uh, two things just came to mind, RJ. One, I don't know if you saw, yeah. but. Uh, Forget his first name. Is it Jack Cohn from Wisconsin? I just saw his, he's leaving yeah, Wisconsin, exactly. going Jack to Cohn. Notre Dame. Is he? Yeah. Yep, he's going to Notre Dame. He's yep. a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, he. Uh, surprisingly, they brought in that four-star Graham Mertz, I believe. Yeah, who was that. perfect and, uh, in his debut and then had COVID yeah, and all that. That's a, a losing Ian Book, though. And that's then, a big get for Notre Dame. Yeah, and then he kind of fell off. And um, Wisconsin – their quarterbacks are ever since Russell Wilson, they've been system guys. They've been turn oh, around, hand sure. the ball off, or, or beat beat them in the play action. And it's not a flashy game, but Jack Cohn, uh, he really operated it well. And I think uh, whatever they put on his plate, I think he's a good quarterback. He's a big yeah. time quarterback. I think he's out of New Jersey or New York, or something up on the East, East Coast. Coast over there. Huh? Yeah. And, well, um, I went to the Michigan Wisconsin game, and it couldn't get much worse than uh, Hornybrook. He was he was really bad. <laughs> oh man, he transferred. He transferred to Florida State. I don't think that worked out for him. But no. he left. He's a lefty. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think it's interesting because yeah. I think Mertz kind of gets back, kind of gets away from that play action, turn around, hand the ball off. I think he was a little bit more lights yeah. out, showtime type quarterback, at least from what we saw from him, which was kind of got to be a little bit limited. But I'm excited to see what he does for them. So, RJ. Uh, I am I am too, yeah. What okay. are you getting your degree in? Yeah, good question. I'm getting my degree in finance and risk management. Oh, okay. And what's your so, cur- what's your um, career aspiration when you're done? Um, something um, with advising, most likely. Um, so it depends here. on these next. I got two years of eligibility, so I can I can either double major or I can nice. work on a, a MBA. So yeah. um, we'll see. It's going to be in the advising field, most likely. Um, 
or it depends on if I would end up double majoring and then focus on something else. But I'm really, really getting into the financial advising or, and then the risk management part of it. So, um, we'll see, we'll see yeah. where I, I got to get an internship. It's hard to get an internship when you're focused and wrapped up in football and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. I was going to say, it takes a lot I'm of sure your uh, energy away. Yeah. I'll, I'll, um, the next two years are going to be big for me and getting experience and, and stuff like that. So yeah. but the football, the football part of it is always good for connections and, um, it's really good for connections and stuff like that. So um, I actually live with two guys, two guys that are, um, they already got jobs, uh, Connor Brunius and Trevor Roberts. I don't think they're going to be playing anymore um, no. just because of the COVID stuff, but uh, they've, they've got jobs already um, just from football connections. So, that's good. Um, you bring that cool. up. Northern's got a lot of, a lot of good stuff. RJ, yeah. you bring that up. And honestly at Northwood, we, we kind of have like the similar type of, um, the career ending, I guess, when you get jobs, like there's times where you get such a good job opportunity, whether it's, you know, in, you know, the business field or it's like what, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see like, especially with this COVID you being a player who's obviously played multiple years at Northern, do you just see guys in general from the GLIAC where it's like, man, I'm not going to the NFL. Maybe I should start this, you know, get my career path going rather than, man, I want to play one more year where I could potentially get hurt. Yeah, see, that's that's um, that's the conversation that those those guys have been the guys that I live with have been um, talking to me about. They just they want to get into the field. Me personally, um, I I like football, and you only get it for so long. Mm-hmm. So very true. I'm gonna continue to I'm gonna continue to um, take up every year of eligibility I can. I still have, you know, the aspirations of playing after college. Um, there you go. But uh, Whatever kind of goals you have, I think it, it really depends on if you want to get into a field right away, which is also which is a bad fit. I mean, who doesn't want to get into a, a career field at yeah. at 22 Seriously. and have a full time job? But um, yeah, I mean, it depends on the person if they want to stick those those years of eligibility out. But with this COVID stuff going on, um, I think it's it's you got more than 50 percent of people just saying I want to get into the into the workforce and stuff like that so, that's a big number I guess um, I didn't realize it was is that high yeah I mean um, I'd say from what I've seen 50 percent is a is a good I've, I've, there's been a couple tackle right tackle um, a couple guards that I've had over the years that have just left their junior year like they could have stuck it out and played another one but they yeah. decided to go get jobs and stuff but interesting it, it hurts but the next man up right yeah, as a uh, as a washed up athlete myself, I tell my boys, play them now, play them as long as you can. Yeah, right? that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But. You can't get enough of it because it, it keeps you in shape. It keeps you. Um, for me personally, this COVID stuff is has uh, kind of worsened my schedule a little bit. I, I, I like being extremely busy. You know, Agreed. practice, school, Agreed. this, that, and the other, and not having the football aspect of it. Um, it's kind of almost slowed me down. I'm laying in bed listening to Zoom. I'm like, geez, it's, it's a lazy routine. And totally. having football and stuff like that, it, it benefits it benefits my life and my productivity. Um, 100% with you there, so dude. I, I enjoy having a football schedule, so I'm going to keep it as long as I can. Of course. Well, I'm excited to get back so. up to Marquette with you, my guy. I appreciate you coming on today. Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure. I appreciate you having me, and it was nice meeting you, you guys. And I'll see you up in the park. Yeah, you so too. Can't it. wait. Number nineteen. <laughs> yeah, number nineteen. Good there luck. Go. To, good luck this year. So, yep, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. See you, RJ. Thank you, RJ. What a guy. Yeah, that was a really good conversation. Obviously, you have a new RJ fan in the uh, building. We do, Jim Manzo. Yep, big RJ guy now. Big fan of number nineteen. There you go. <laughs> Let's talk 
about some college football, the national championship, Ohio State, Alabama. You said the game is on for Monday, right? You said that earlier? Yeah. I saw, uh, you I saw said that. Okay, it, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. I wanted to touch on it. Ohio State, they have been claiming to have some issues with COVID, potentially a whole position group having to sit out, and Nick Saban's daughter did not like the sound of that. She went out and tweeted, Kristen, her name is, by the way, who has since deleted her entire Twitter account because of the And hate. apologized. And apologized publicly. But that does not take away the fact that she said, quote, if you're not confident to play, then say it in capitals. I call BS on the COVID cases. They're just worried about their QB and want him to have more time to heal. If he's hurt, put in your backup. You didn't see us, Alabama, postpone the rest of our season to wait for Waddle. Bye. That's awesome. I love that. Bye. She's not too competitive. I mean, (laughs) that household has got to be something else. (laughs) Especially when he's like coaching from home. Remember yeah, that? Gosh. That household had to he be said he yelled electric. at the TV multiple times. It <laughs> sounds like somebody else. I think I someone know. else did too. It keeps coming back to Lion talk, but after the roughing the passer call on Cousins, oh uh, my how, gosh. how does someone from the Lions organization not come out the next day, put some cameras in front of me, and I'm going to tell the NFL that I'm tired of our organization you know being just. Yeah, as, much as, as much as Joe Judge got a lot of crap for what he said. At least he was like, I'm "Hey, pissed. but he tried to yeah. spin it like we'll never do that as a, you know." Oh, I he know, tried but, to still, but at least that. like he but, came out yeah. and said it. The Lions have never That's had a guy true. like that. But let's talk about this game: Ohio State, Alabama. Hopefully, I mean, for the sake of everything, you do not want an asterisk like up next to the national champion, right? So you want both teams at full strength for this game, right? Well, Alabama's not going to be at full strength if Waddle doesn't play. So that's a great point. That's what I'm saying. Hopefully, he's back. He has been medically cleared, yeah. so now it's a matter of if he's actually. Because medically cleared and being able to play at this high of a level are two very different things. Yeah, this, this is where if they had the full two weeks in between like they normally do. Exactly. I, their whole sure. schedule has been totally compressed. Mm-hmm. Which now, I mean, is the game outdoors Did I see? No, this it's is, in New, No, it's in no. Miami. So it, it is. Said something, hard Miami Rock? Gardens or hard something? Rock. No. Hard Rock. Is it Hard Rock? Stadium. That's the Dolphins. Yeah. Oh, it is? Well, then it's definitely so. outside. Why don't I, I'll look, why don't I look that up real quick while we, uh, while we talk about it? Um, but overall, I'm looking at this game where I think Ohio State's defense is going to be tested, unlike any offense I've played. With Clemson, I didn't really see any outside playmakers as much as you're going to see this week. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Like, you had a great quarterback. It is. Trevor Lawrence. You it's uh, Hard Rock Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. That, I don't know why it's like. But that's where the Dolphins That must play? be Miami Gardens. It's like Rochester like actual, and Rochester Hills. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, it is in Hard Rock Stadium. The so championship it's outdoors. Is. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting that they would battle the chance or well, take the chance of Think about it like elements. this. COVID, how much easier it would be to an yeah, outdoor stadium. Outdoor stadiums. Yeah. That's, I'm sure that had a huge part to play. Well, that's that's going to double your revenue. I guess my question is, is then what's the harm in – giving the regular two weeks uh, if there was any issues or why didn't they keep it uh, that the games would be two weeks apart? I th- isn't the, um, is it just because everything started so much later this year? Yeah. I feel I'm like assuming, I'm assuming the schedule literally in the college football back. playoff. There was two weeks. Oh, okay. Right? I, I think, I, I think it was say, for the BCS. Know. There was two weeks. I think it was always one oh, week for the playoff. Yeah. I don't know if it, for the playoff, I want to say I, it was I do week. remember what you're saying, how yeah. the BCS was always later than everything else. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I there's too much, Games and domes. I'm glad they're playing outside. Yeah, and I think the COVID thing probably had a huge part to do with it because that's going to be so much more revenue for them. I officially have – it wouldn't matter what I said about the pick on this game because I thought 
Clemson would destroy. So and I still that. can't get over the so fact that, that Hunter said he's going to turn it off at halftime for Clemson. It's hilarious. But, yeah, back to what I was saying. I think Clemson didn't have the playmakers that Alabama does, and I think Ohio State's defense is going to be tested. Agreed. But I was way off on the last and one. So. Yeah, but like Justin and Fields. Fields healthy. Yeah. It's Fields, that hit that he took. We talked to RJ about it. I mean, geez, first of all, the injury that happened to RJ. That's coming. What the hell? That, and that is. He said. Again, they played last Saturday, Monday, so you're talking eight or nine days. Yeah, I know. Which it sounds like a, it sounds like a long guy. time. He's the toughest guy to ever put a football jersey on. Yeah, he might be if media. he comes out. Might be if he comes out and balls out again because that Clemson defense I thought was going to be what held Ohio State back in that uh, semifinal game, and it was for me. Well, those if Alabama def- plays anything like Northwestern, they might have a shot. <laughs> that's a great. That's exactly what I was he saying. They only prob- put up twenty-two points against the in the Big Ten championship. He probably played himself back into the first round with that performance uh, last week. Because yeah, when you sure. look at when you look at the level of play, that's what I was saying. Like when he shows up against the Clemson defense, like yep. that meant so much for his. Would draft you stop. take Fields or Zach Wilson? Uh, definitely Fields. He's proven His against size alone. But the, yeah, yeah, I, I wouldn't frame take either too. of them at two. I, I wouldn't take oh, either of them no way. at two either. I would, I know. On the Jets, I'm looking at what I'm going to do to build Sam Darnold for one more year. Really? Yeah. That's what what year is he in, Darnold? Is it four? His fourth year. He's fourth year. the same draft class as Allen, Baker, and Lamar. There you go. Very interesting. But definitely looking forward to that game. We'll get our picks here uh, pretty soon. But before we do that, let's talk about that Heisman ceremony that we all watched together, actually. Devontae Smith with the Heisman win, the wide receiver from Alabama. And it uh, it felt great to see a non-quarterback win the award. But I will say, uh, Dabble, the way Dabble put it is that it says something along, along the lines of, like, it'd be a shame if the Heisman doesn't attach itself to Trevor Lawrence in his time at Clemson. Totally agree with that. I was and just it sucks say. because – it's, it's great to see a different positional player win the award, especially as a deserving one as Devontae Smith. Yeah. But Trevor Lawrence not winning a Heisman, um, it, unreal. It's really crazy to see that, wow, Clemson's gone from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence and they didn't have a Heisman. Right. Like That's uh, just something wow, else. Wow, right? Yeah. Both had national championships, which I'd take a national championship over a Heisman any day. Uh, that's a great point, but, too, is like what at the end of the day, yeah. So, But then you look at who's beat him. Devontae Smith, a very deserving year last year with And Trevor Joe Lawrence Burrow. was out with COVID. I, yeah. I, I was going to do some research before we got on, but Smith is a senior, right? Yes. So when is the last – I'd like to know in the last decade. When was the last senior to win the award? Yeah, because most Baker. of – most of them leave before because yeah. they're really good, obviously, yeah. and they are point. gone after their sophomore year, maybe stick around for their junior year. But how many seniors have won the Heisman in the last – yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. even like to find out maybe 15 Well, What's interesting, too, is that uh, – You think about Smith, it, Mantel, RG3, uh, Kyler, Lamar. Early. Yeah, they yeah. all left early. Devontae Smith is still below a name that we a lot of people have forgot about, Jamar Chase, on a lot of draft boards. LSU. Which is very interesting. Imagine yeah. the impact he would have had this year for that LSU team. That well, they needed someone huge. to throw him the ball. And they didn't figure out who that was going to be until the last late game. That's true, the freshman, right? College. But you never know. That that season could have gone a lot different for them. Yeah. With, with Not only with the wide receiver like that, I'm assuming he was a great leader for that team. And yeah. having he got the awarded number seven. Having the experience to go on that championship run with them and Burrow and all those guys. So college, college athletics needs more of that. I know they have gone back and forth with college basketball with the one and done and all that kind of stuff. But it, I'd be lying if I said it's it's not or it, it is nice in March to watch a group of seniors 
that stuck it, it out in cool. basketball yeah. in the tournament. They look at that, that team. Was Michigan they, State. They stuck State. it out and Michigan stayed State together, State State and, State. And, and it makes sense because they and, – And a lot of those guys probably did not have the talent to go after one year or two right. years. Right. So. so some of them did. I mean, I feel like even though Miles Bridges was like – um, you know, he stayed. I mean, yeah. he felt like it was like a, kind of a senior year almost, yeah. but even though it wasn't. But even look at on a on a smaller scale, we just heard one of our guests today say he had to wait to play in high school. Yeah, at a quarterback rich or late in school. Played, Jones. Only played his uh, Mac senior Jones year. is a senior. There was another year. one. Trask, yeah. crazy. Trask too. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. You think and about? I so think honestly, before this season, Trask was not going to be the guy for Florida. It was the guy who came in. They kind of did that little weird. Yeah, switch last off. year, and then he was supposed he to be up. the future of Florida. So we'll see next year if that comes in. And Trask, with being one of the Heisman candidates as well. To have that great of a breakout, Jalen Hurts is also senior, so he was okay. You know, but he as, transferred. So as much as we belly ached, and I was moaning and groaning about just give the award out. It was actually uh, neat hearing some of the stories on those. Oh, four it was kids. a great ceremony, but they do drag it out yeah. so unnecessarily Let's, long. It doesn't need to be year. an hour. They, yeah, they give every kid a segment, and they give yeah. the parents a segment, and you know. you know who else got a segment? Trevor's girlfriend, fiance. Oh. Much needed. She, yeah, Much I'll approved. be the first one that I'm saying I'm not complaining, but like, what? Nobody else's significant others got screen time like that, mm-hmm. and they, like they like talk to her, and then well, like two of them got everything. out of practice. That's true. So that's true. So that, and then well, the thing I guess actually is a good point is that the Alabama guys were together or like were like kind of isolated because they're still playing for something. Yeah. yeah. So then you look at Trask and Lawrence, and they're with their families and everybody because then I was like sitting there, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like. Oh, they're done. Yeah. <laughs> they're, wait a minute. Trevor's not playing for anything anymore. It yeah. kind of took me a minute to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's honestly back to the whole Trevor thing. And um, I really thought this was funny. College football on Fox tweeted or posted this. That they're like, it was the third non-quarterback to win the Heisman last uh, since 2000. And people wow. are like, well, actually, because they were like Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, and Devontae. They're like, wow, they all went to Alabama. And uh, the number one comment was, you know, Reggie Bush did win a Heisman, right? Like, he didn't die. Like, and they were, it's just the fact that they're not appreciating Reggie Bush and just the, you know, how yeah. dominant he was. And I understand Man. everything, but still, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, with the whole debacle with him. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's been kind of resolved. Yeah, he's, he's, he's yeah, allowed to go to the games now. I was say, but now I don't know if it's been a fish. Yeah. It's still a weird relationship. I it was like, it's the whole Chris Weber thing with Michigan. Yeah. So, so that'll be interesting. But let's finish off today's episode with a bit of game pick. Start with the NFL. Oh, we'll start with the national super. title. Oh, you want to start with the college? National title, yeah. Uh, yeah let's let's start with that. Sorry, yeah, I didn't have it written down. So, I mean, like I said, we we're all very wrong about Clemson. That has not changed my mind whatsoever about Alabama. The fact that they walked off that field and they were pissed off that they let up 14 points against a solid Notre Dame team. Bama. Yeah, I agree. Alabama. Okay, oh, I just wanted really to get quick. this one yeah, out of good. there. Let's talk about the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. First, we have the Colts versus the Bills. Bills with that AFC East clinch. They're going to be hosting this game. This is going to be, I will say, I, I, like we talked about earlier, it might be a little bit of a trap game for Buffalo. I still think they come out with the win. I agree. I think um, you said it earlier. I don't think Philip Rivers has the firepower to stay in that game with Josh Allen, even though point. I really think that the Colts are starting to pick up the run game. Jonathan Taylor had 250 yards rushing last week. Name I Hines. just don't think that it's going to uh, be able to keep up with Josh and Diggs. And the no boys. one circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. That's, that's <laughs> a terrible expression because – Circling the wagons implies that like this is the end of the road, and we and need you one final last stand. Week too, which is exactly why I said it again. Yeah, yeah. and you're like wrong again. Give me the bills. Next pick. Go ahead. We have the Rams at the Seahawks in an NFC West rematch. 
I'm taking the Seahawks. I don't see the Rams, especially with Jared Goff questionable. I don't see the Rams having success against them in the playoffs. Um, Honestly, I'm surprised they even made it. I say this one's a really close game, but because of how I'm uncertain about Jared Goff and how Seattle's defense is playing a lot better, I got to go with Seattle. Yeah, they're heating up at just the right time. Although, we'll say, is uh, is Jamal Adams? They said he was questionable, but yeah. knowing Jamal Adams and how much this means really to him, I mean, you've seen him on social media be like, we made the playoffs. Oh, he's the all Jets. in on he's, this He's going yeah. to be all right, yeah. I think. Rams. Oh, okay. Why would you is say that? Say, is that all you're yeah. going to say? You're going to go ahead and elaborate? I just think their defense is the best in football. I would agree <laughs> with that. I really do. The best in football? Yeah. They have the two best. Def- I think they have the two best defensive players in football right now. Who? I think, or Aaron you, I Donald. think Aaron Donald's the okay, best. Okay, that, that's fair. And okay, Jalen Ramsey's the best corner in the league. Jalen Ramsey's still the best corner. He oh. sh- he shut down. He's good. He shut down. Very good twice. He's very. We've had a couple I'm guys shut down Hopkins. I am. He shut down Metcalf once. And yeah. I think it's they impo- have more I weapons than Metcalf, though. That's depending on Goff's situation too, I think it's important that the Holford is it Holford Wolford Wolford <laughs> that he got well he got a chance to get his feet wet. He played a yeah, full game through an interception. Okay, oh, let's move you. on and a couple to touchdowns. Buccaneers versus Washington. I want Obviously, you to start with this one. Alex this Smith one. is questionable for this one. I think that has a lot to determine our picks, but go ahead. Washington football team. Oh, yeah? I knew it. I knew it. There you go. I'll take the Buccaneers. Thank you. I will, too, because I just think that – I really think that everyone's like, oh, it's Rodgers versus Mahomes, or it's Breeze versus Mahomes, or it's whatever. Yeah. Tom Brady's like, I'm still Tom Brady. Saturday yeah. night. So we'll, what the pick will be interesting if the Bucks Home do pull crowd. this one out is if they have to go to Green Bay now. Yeah. I will say they beat up Green Bay earlier in the year, but they Green did. Bay was playing a very different brand of football. So but very interesting matchup. If they have to go to the Saints, the Saints are playing a very different brand of football they are. than they were. They are. So. I feel like the Saints are that team that's – I don't think they're going to be that good. In the you don't think so? No. Well, I guess let's go right to them then. The Bears versus the Saints. Saints hosting Oh, I'll that still one. pick the, <laughs> the Saints to beat the Bears. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm not taking the Bears at any type of playoff contention, especially the way they ended the year, getting blown out. Maybe they, maybe that lights the fire underneath them. I doubt it. I don't see it happening. Yeah. But go ahead. Saints. Oh, yeah. nice. Uh, Ravens versus Titans. This one I think will be – this will be a very competitive one. <laughs> I'll go last one. Hear you guys I'm going to go – I'm going to start off with the Titans. I feel like that's the obvious pick, although I will say the Ravens – I think the line is really close on this one. If we're looking at like betting, I think the line is actually pretty close because of the way that the Ravens play and their ability to stay in games. But I almost feel like the whole Ravens team and that that concept of how they play, they're like hanging on a thread. Yeah. I almost feel like they're they are what they are, and you're not going to get. I, that's why I, I think, think that the, comes from Harbaugh too. The, the tight, image that yeah, he has, he, John. he does a great job. But I think the Titans have a way higher ceiling. And talk about like when we said the we'll get to the Browns in a minute. But the Titans are are trying to show now that what happened last year wasn't a fluke, and yep. they they're going to build. Usually, teams build upon. I'll take Tennessee. Um, this one pains for me to say, just because I can't stand the Ravens. But I really feel like the Ravens are they're so much better when they're not under pressure. The Ravens, like yeah. you said with the Browns, have nothing to lose now. Yeah. That's right? very true because they've already made it this far. Yep. But then again, I would say there's a lot of pressure maybe not on the team, not but on Lamar. on Lamar. I would say there is a lot of pressure yeah. on Lamar and Jackson so to get a I, big win I here. just really think that what's going to happen in this game is the Ravens are the Ravens are pissed. They lost to the Titans this year. They lost to the Titans last year. And I just think that added momentum where they're like, we're an underdog and, and we know it. And the Titans did not finish the season off very convincingly no. with that narrow win over the Texans. And that's why I think I, I'm picking the Ravens. I think after watching the Browns play both these games, just so I've seen them both yeah. play. One I in think person. Yeah, I think the Ravens are better than the Titans. There you go. We'll finish uh, it off. Browns, right 
Browns versus Steelers. What? Did you get breaking news? No. What? He said the Ravens are better than the Titans. I think I think they're playing better right now. I, that's, that's what it's I would, that's I would correct. Yeah, I think it's they're different. playing better let's right talk, now. Let's talk Browns versus Steelers. Why don't you uh, start us off? Well, I'm very concerned that Stefanski is not calling the plays. So so. Agreed. But I just think they're going to play loose, and like Drew said, they can run the ball. Yeah, there's no way I can pick Steelers. I just I, I, I just, find myself being less and less of a I fan of them. I was very every day. concerned the way that game ended last week. Yeah, they I agree. were. What twenty four to nine, in the yeah. fourth quarter, and you got to stop a two point play with a guy that hasn't played quarterback. And, and they scored on the fourth. God and knows 10. how long they did score on a, four, a again, long touchdown on a fourth and ten. Who was the pressure on that week? And exactly. I think the roles are reversed now. I agree. And you talk about a team that I say the Ravens are. I mean that whole that whole conference you might see turn upside down over the next couple of years with Burrow and Mayfield. Uh, That's a good point. If he's, yeah, I think the Steelers are not to get on what you're saying. I think the Steelers should be on the lookout for those three teams to take control of the division the next couple of years. That's what I mean. I think it could flip right around. I'd agree. So game pick then Browns. Oh, there we go. Browns. I was, I'm not going to lie until Stefan, when Stefanski was out, I literally sat there for a good hour. My dad was joking with me like, Ooh, I don't know about this one anymore, man. Like, you know, my mom was like, nobody picked them to be here. They're, they're not supposed to be here. Oh, my god! Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you're right. And then Juju said that, and I was like, oh, we're winning this game. You weren't going to yeah. pick the Steelers. Anyway. I wasn't going to anyway. But now you I really what? believe we're going to because really, Juju said that. I really am not a fan of the Steelers. I feel like I should – I really feel like I should just go with them, though. And I, I, I do not really enjoy a lot of the people on that team. I don't like any Is that the Saturday night game? It's a Sunday night game, last game of the Sunday week. night game. <laughs> so – and Denzel I'll go, Ward. I'll go. Another thing could Denzel be the, Ward the be weather, back. too. I'll go back with I'll the Browns. Try. I'll go with the Browns as well, then. We'll go clean sweep right there. But that's all we've got for today. It was a good one. I thought we missed a game. No. Oh, listen to this report. No, no, we didn't. That's it. OBJ says that, or it came out that OBJ was the big part of the 2019 dysfunction to fix it. As he went into the meeting, cleared uh, cleared the air with coaches, players, and top of the exams. The Browns. That is the, I feel like that was the last, yeah. I feel like that was the last person I expected to do all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, yeah we'll I feel see. like he was the cause of most of it. He probably was. Yeah. But he went, apparently, the report is Good that he him. came. Yeah. Good for him. But that's all we've got for today for Division One Rejects. Excuse me. Easy got some for you to say. Big time guests coming on next week. So be looking forward to that. I know I am. But find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Appreciate you listening and have a great week.